All right, welcome to another edition of the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. Um, Tonight, we are here with episode 98, and we have a lot to talk about tonight. I'm not going to keep you guys too long. I want to get started a little early tonight, you know, so everybody can enjoy their evening. But the topic that we're going to discuss tonight is the main topic is sexual degeneracy in Hollywood. And then we're going to get on some other current events, but there's been a lot going on in Hollywood lately. And it's just really, um, it's just really crazy just to see all the allegations, all, it just seems like Hollywood is crumbling right before our eyes. So I've been following a lot of these stories that's been going on. We're going to uh, break, break it down to you. And we're going to be discussing, uh, just just some of the crazy things that have been coming out as far as like Charlie Sheen, he was he was accused today of raping um, Corey Heim back in 1986 when he was like a teenager. And we're going to talk about Harvey Weinstein and then Terry Crews even came out and said that he was assaulted in Hollywood. Um, um, I don't know, I think it was probably recently, but yeah, he, he, he just came out today, I just read today, where he is actually going to be filing a police report, and he never came out and said said exactly who it who it was that he's um, accusing. But we're gonna get to that, um, and then um, we're gonna kind of compare it to like some of these people seem like they're getting away with this stuff. But we're gonna compare it to the Bill Cosby case because we know we know that he's been drugged through the mud, and he's losing out on money now. And from what I'm hearing, he's have he's having his properties and all kind of things just to stay afloat. So we're gonna talk about that. Um, last week we, well, not last week. This week on Sunday, um, we witnessed another massacre here in the United States in Texas. We're gonna get to that, and um, we're gonna talk about what is what is the real face of domestic terrorism. We 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 have so many uh, stereotypes and and and. Uh, you know, images in our mind when we talk about terrorists in this country. But we're going to talk about who is the real face of terrorism in this country. So we're going to get to that. And also, I want to get to, and we might just say this to next week if we don't have time, because I know this is going to be a really jam-packed show. But I want to talk about the entire, um, well, not entire, but this case where a college roommate was poisoned by her um, roommate. And it just really brings home the 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 issue of you really need to know who you're dealing with, especially like, you know, young kids going off to college and stuff like you need to really stop being so trusting of people because there's people out here that's jealous of you and they, they will do anything to destroy you and we're gonna get on that that situation. So we're gonna jump th- straight to the line. Um Oh, yeah, let me handle some household things real quick. I know it's been a while since we've been off air. Um, I want to let everybody know about our our um, Facebook group page. We do have an actual page, but we have a group page, too, where we, we chop it up. We, we spit game and stuff like that. We talk about what's going on. People can share articles, ideas for future shows, and then, I you know, I kind of give you guys the schedule for the show, so you can go to Facebook and look under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers, because that's the network that we're on. The show is the Urban Wire. Um, by the way, my name is Seneca Harris. I am 
the founder of the Urban Wire and the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. So get on there, get your life, get your tea, get your news, updates, everything. Um, we're going to really start popping that off um, pretty soon. And, um, yeah, we have a YouTube channel, too, you can join at www.youtube.com slash UCOFW. So um, get on there. We're going to start posting the entire um, the uh, podcast up on there. And for those of you who don't know this, because I really haven't been advertising it that well, um, we do have our, – our podcast does come on several networks now. So we're, we're really getting out there. Um, I know we're on TuneIn Radio. We're on Stitcher. Um, there's a couple more networks that I, um, filed, you know, to get the, um, yeah, we're on, you can also get the shows on iTunes as well. You can download, um, go under UCOFW and all the shows from start to finish, um, from day one are on there. So, you know, like I said, just, just pass the word. We're really trying to get a positive message out there. We're trying to keep you informed and just have a respectful dialogue. So we're going to jump straight to the lines. I think we have two callers and I think, um, one of these might be JR, and I think the other one is Kane, but I'm going to see. Um, 765278, um, is this Kane? Uh, this is Matthew up Hello? here, actually. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, man. Okay. All right. Um, and let me jump to this 812 number. I think this might be JR. JR, oh, you is know you? it's me. You know it. Oh, sooky, sooky now, sooky, sooky. Now, you know it's about to be on and popping tonight. I know it's been a couple of months, actually, since we've done the last broadcast, and I know it's just been some crazy things jumping off in the media. I'm telling you, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't even know where to start. But, you know, first and foremost, you know, um, I want to welcome Matthew Upchurch online. I know me and him have been talking for a while about, you know, him coming on the show. He's very politically savvy, you know. Um, he has a, a unique point of view on things, and I really like that. So I, I you know, invited him on tonight, and hopefully, you know, we can keep him coming back here on a regular basis. So, uh, Matthew, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? And then I'm going to ask you, Jr., what you've been up to, but I want Matthew to – introduce himself no to the audience and just tell a little bit about himself. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much, good sir. I appreciate you letting me uh, participate here. Yeah, no, uh, my uh, I, uh, my background is actually in um, psychology and philosophy, and I'm kind of, I kind of do a lot of interdisciplinary work between um, the social sciences and philosophy and um, uh, specifically within how cultures and individuals process symbols psychologically and socially and how uh, different systems of power use those symbolic systems to manipulate public opinion. And so that's kind of how I tend to look at things and the lens through which I do things. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's my kind of my background and what I tend to do and tend to think about. So. All right. Well, we want to thank you again for coming on the show and Jr. man, I'm telling you, you got to let us know what you've been up to. I know you've been busy, Busy, busy lately, but yeah, what 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 have you been up to these past couple of months? My brother, I've I've been traveling all over, man, just, just loving life. You know, um, this past July, as I've said in the past, you know, I found my zen in life. 
And, you know, it, it's that point, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's what I describe it as. It's that point where life or God or whatever your belief structure is just lets you know that you're exactly where you're meant to be at. Life's just been really good to me, man. It's been really, really good to me here lately. You know, it's so that's how I'm just, it is. yeah, yeah, it, it's, it, you know, all of a sudden everything just slowed down and, you know, it, 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 as you know, not that long ago, uh, not, not that long ago at all, man, I was just on the edge, but mm-hmm. here I'm good, man. Yeah, I'm been really good. And, you know, that's why I said that. That's why I wanted to start the show off with that song, Better Days, because I'm telling you, like, this year has just been a complete turnaround for me, too. And I know we're we're heading out of this year in about uh, probably about seven weeks, about, yeah, almost at the end of this year. And I'm telling you, this time last year, you know, I lost my father. You just, just lost mm-hmm. a lot of family members last year, but... Like, I'm just a living testament that things will turn around. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you, you know, like you said, you know, I can I can only speak to what I believe, and I believe in the higher power, and, I just, and I'm just thankful for God. Like, sometimes he takes you through things just so you right. can appreciate him. And, and and I look back, I said, Lord, how am I going to make it? You know what I'm saying? I lost my right, father, right, you know right. what I'm saying? I was really close to my father. And I know you lost your hey, father, too, was, last year. So. Right, last October. Yeah, I was... Just yeah, as close so, to mine, you know. It's but I, yeah, I just want to tell it, people out there and encourage them. Yeah, I just want to encourage people that it, you know, things do get better. You just have to keep pushing, and you just have to use those obstacles and trials in your life and tribulations as stepping stones. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I don't think God would bring you to something and not allow you to get through it. You see what I'm saying? So I just wanted to encourage people out there today. You know what I'm saying? You know, for some people this year may have not been that bad, but you just have to resolve to, you know, right. push push through and get, you know, to the other side. So, you know, I didn't want to preach, you know, but I just had to just let you know tonight that, you know, you know, I know some people going through some things, but just realize, you know, you just have to keep enduring and you have to realize your calling in life. And you got to know, you know, there's people out here that love and care about you and you have to keep enduring for them, you see Absolutely. what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. You know, so, and, and li- yeah, and life in itself just lets you know, you know, it. It, you know, although in the middle of the chaos, you know, uh, things may not be clear. Uh, you know, it, 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 there will be that moment of clarity, and everything right. will, you know, you'll, you'll be reassured, you know, and all of a sudden everything makes sense like all the lessons that you was taught in life just come come forth and all of a sudden everything just makes sense you know and right. yeah man it, right. it's it, it's a wonderful feeling it really is and, and isn't it a wonderful thing that you can have peace when the world around you is chaotic and just it seems like it's crumbling but you can have peace within yourself that that's just a wonderful thing, and that's just that's something I just really I'm just just really fascinated with how I've just been at peace. I've met a lot of good people this year, a lot of new friends. I've met just just um, and you know Matt, like you know we 
you know, I, I started really, I've been going to the monkey tail. Like, this is a place I've been going to for a while, but I really started going this past year. And it just seems like I've met a new family of people. Like, everybody's accepting. You know, I've made a lot of good friendships this year. And it's just like, I really can't complain because, um, you know, just things have just been looking up this year, you know. And I'm planning on starting back school in January. You know, I already got my bachelor's. I want to go back and get uh, my paralegal um, degree and stuff like that. So I'm just really trying to press forward and just stay on the straight, straight and narrow. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much just all that's been going on in the past couple of months. I just wanted to get that out the way because I know people have been probably people been asking, Seneca, when are you going to do another show? What's going on? So I just wanted to, you know, give an update on what's been going on. Um, I guess we can jump right into the topics tonight. Um, there's been a lot going on in the past month, as you guys know, that there there have been two major um, mass shootings one that took place down in Texas this past Sunday, and then last month we had the one on um, the mass shooting that took place in um, Las Vegas, and both, right. which I mean, both of which were just very, very just tragic. I mean, nobody saw this coming. It was just one of those things that you know just caught us off guard as a country, and um, I really want to talk about the most recent one that took place, like. Um, this past Sunday in Texas, and I mean, this was almost like a repeat of what happened uh, when Dylan Ruth came in and shot up that church and killed those nine people. Right. And it's just like, man, why is it? I, I got my, I have my point of view on it, but I just, I want to start off with the facts of the case. Um, for those of you, uh, I'm pretty much you had to be living under the rock, under a rock, not to know what's been going on, but. Um, this shooting happened on the 5th, and uh, it took place in Southern Springs, Texas. And that's probably like, it's like a small town, kind of like 30 miles away from San Antonio. I was looking that up to see exactly where that was. And the, the uh, gunman was a 26-year-old guy by the name of Devin Patrick. And um, he was the one that came into this church and shot, uh, let me get my facts straight, he had killed 26 people and, like, it was like a 20, like, injured 20. So he came in there meaning business. So it was just very unfortunate. And from what I hear, he had ties with some of the people in that church. So it was just a really uh, crazy situation that happened. Um, people are still trying to sort this thing out. They're trying to see, you know, I mean, what caused him to go over the edge, um, you know. And I, I guess he, he had fled the scene, and I guess someone was trying to chase him down. And I guess they ended up crashing, and um, he ended up shooting himself. So, like, as always, it's just it's – just, it's no justice that's going to be served, at least on this side, because – he was a coward. He committed a cowardly yep. act, and he took himself out of here. So that's just something that's just very uh, disturbing. But I wanted to get your guys' opinion on these events because I, it, it's really opening up the conversation of gun control and just mental illness, which I think is bullshit. Like, and, and then a lot of people are talking about how the media is spinning this narrative to where they don't want to call these people for what they are. They're terrorists. 
You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy that we see the president of the United States how he came out and condemned like the uh, actions of that 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 uh, incident that happened in New York with the guy that was a a Muslim. And it just seemed like the language was totally different because he called this guy an animal. He called him this that, and rightfully, rightfully so. That guy right. was wrong for what he did. And but to me, the the narrative is totally different when he's talking about uh, the the incident that happened in uh, Las Vegas and. This it's just it's just like a totally different thing. My thing is, if you're gonna call one person a terrorist, call them all a terrorist, because that's what we're dealing with, yeah. and we're dealing with domestic terrorism. And I don't Absolutely. think that the Muslim or or a Taliban is the biggest threat in this country. So I want to know. Right. Uh, I'm gonna start with Matt because I know he's he's a new he's new to our show. I want to hear his point of view, and then I'm gonna get to you, Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it is pretty, pretty uh, sus- uh, suspect that you know when you have light shooters that it becomes an issue of mental health as opposed to terrorism. Um, it is interesting how that works. Um, I, it does seem that in the last few years, when the uh, different partisan responses go in mainstream media and respond to these things. Especially on the conservative right, they they usually respond first of all that it's not a time to politicize the moment. Um, it's not a time to talk about gun control and all that. It's time to grieve for the families. But if it's someone with a different skin tone, then it starts turning into an issue of terrorism or an issue of um, need to increase uh, policing in an area or increase rule of law. Um, and so I, it was interesting though within within just a few hours after the shooting went public. Um, social media just lit up. Um, Trump is constantly talking about fake news, fake news. And it seemed that fake news was coming out of the woodworks that day. So within just a few hours, I noticed that all over social media, everyone was sharing posts that were saying that the shooter in the church was Antifa member, the shooter in the church was an atheist or a Muslim convert and all that. So it seems that we start politicizing these things, um, even if we say we don't wish to politicize them, because the fake news channels tend to do that for us. So we start creating these symbols of of evil from either side, right? And so the symbols, you know, would be, you know, um, criminals, uh, those who use and sell drugs, et cetera, um, terrorism. And we start creating these narratives about the other side and using these events um, as an opportunity to to politicize under the radar, but if the person you know if the person fits into our narrative, then it, it, it's just a mental health issue, right? So I've kind of been thinking a lot about recent recent studies in the psychology of beliefs and neuroscience involving um, a phenomenon called uh, confirmation bias. I don't know if you're familiar with this term. Confirmation bias is basically when you believe something about your world, uh, your your religion, whether it be your political views. And if someone gives us new information, new data, we have a tendency to not accept it because it doesn't fit into our framework of how we view the world right. So what they found recently is that what's going on in the brain when someone brings you something 
different from your own worldview is that we go into a sort of uh, biological survival mode. So we, we feel literally threatened by someone questioning our worldview, and our brains start categorizing things into two categories, those things which save us and those things which will destroy us. And so when we hear worldviews that question our narrative, our way of understanding the world and politics and our own national security, we tend to see anyone that questions that story as an enemy and something that could destroy us. So we can't hear the other worldview, and we can't do that. So what, I've been, what I think is that we have a bipartisan system in which Democrats are against Republicans. And we've set up the campaign in such a way that the other is always the enemy. Because really they're all, you know, they're mostly bought by corporations who fund their campaigns. So really it's kind of one mm-hmm. corporate party that has two separate marketing teams. So we set up either side as an enemy. And this constant anxiety, I think, has our entire culture in a state of um, almost kind of post-traumatic stress. Um, so that we see either side as an enemy. And then fake news comes up and activates those triggers for um, self-protection. And so I think that's what's going on a lot with the fake news. So fake news gets shared on social media. Everybody's sharing it because we're, it's, that's that confirmation bias. We can't hear a different narrative from the other side um, because we are stuck in that post-traumatic stress mode of survival. So I think what we have to start doing is start questioning our own parties, those who actually do share political views, because we're not going to be able to have these mm-hmm. gun control conversations if we can't start seeing the other as fully human and might have actually something to add to the conversation. So we've got to find some way to get out of this sort of survival mode, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think that's kind of where we are. Just there's, there's been a shock to the system, and we're kind of responding to it. So mm-hmm. and there was a lot. All right, JR, what are you <laughs> – what yeah. do I think? Um, uh, go ahead, Zero. You know, I what I think is, and again, this is just my opinion. Um, you know, first off, you know, it, it, it's tragic. I, I've said that about, and I, I'm right there with you on that. By definition, it doesn't matter the skin color of the person or the religious background, uh, uh, an act of terrorism is just that. It is an act that mm. is done to cause terror. You know, um, it, there, unfortunately with terrorism, there are certain stereotypes that get brought up. You know, you, you think of a terrorist You until about the 1990s, we immediately stereotyped it with you know, Muslim uh, radicals, you know, in Iran. Take, for example, the um, Pan Am flights, you know, the uh, bombings, um, uh, Beirut, 1982, the Marine barracks bombing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in the 90s, that kind of changed because that, then we had Timothy McVeigh. You sure. know, and that that brought a whole new perspective to domestic terrorism. You know, all of a sudden you had a white Catholic, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it, this guy would have been a poster child, you know, 
you had uh, uh, other things that happened that could, could be, by definition, could be considered domestic terrorism. Take, for example, Waco. Our own government burnt down an entire religious cult. It was a cult, but a religious compound, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you had, uh, you know, the D.C. shooter. You have, I mean, countless, countless, countless. You have 9-11, blah, blah, blah. Now, you know, everything he said is factual, you know. It, the only thing that I would add, which is kind of like to go on one point that he kind of started going into, is, you know, it, when you look at things from the middle of the road, you see the games wide open from both sides. And they're both playing the same game. Like you said, different marketing schemes. But it's the same party, mm-hmm. you know. It's it, it's but. the exact same thing, you know. I, I mean, seriously, I, I remember as a kid, you know, the big issues. Back, and we're talking back in the 70s and 80s here. The big issues, abortion, gun control, you know. What do we hear all the time now Still in political views, you know. Well, what's your stance on abortion? What's your stance on gun control? Come on, get over it. You know, let's move on from there. We have much bigger right. problems than this. You know, eight, eight, the, the, I, I actually had this conversation the other day where mm-hmm. both sides, both sides right now are taking the exact same stands on the NFL boycotts, different reasons, you know. Now, now take, take for example, this. You know, you got, well, you got one, guy, one side saying freedom of speech, freedom of speech, and another side saying right to bear arms, right to bear arms. Both of them are constitutional amendments, mm-hmm. you know. But it's only to what's beneficial to them to keep that money flowing in. Right. It's all one big business. You know, I, I, I sit back and again, the events were tragic. And by no means am I saying that this was funny or anything like that. But when the politicians try to break out what their point of view is, and it may not even be their point of view. It's you got to look at who's putting the money in that point of view. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that that's what's funny to me, because do you think for one second that Donald Trump is, is this Christian right winger? You know, it, no, no, that's why they put Mike Pence in office to put that illusion, you know, because Trump was not going to get the far right vote without somebody that was a far right guy. And they're on the polar yeah. opposites when it comes to morality, this so-called morality or Christian Christianity thing. Like mm. they're on the totally opposite ends of the spectrum. Like it's crazy. But right. I'm, I'm going to jump in here real quick. I think let me jump in here real quick, guys. I think we have another caller that's um, that just that chimed in. I'm going to see if they have a question or a comment real quick. Um, area code seven two four two two one. Um, are you just listening at this point, or do you have a question or a comment? Well, I'm listening, but I, I didn't know when you guys were finally going to get into this uh, 
Charlie Sheen, Corey Haim, and all that. Is is that on the table right oh, now? Oh, we go, oh yeah, we're going to get into it because i got a lot to say about that. Let me tell you. Well, let, oh, let, yeah, let, let, me because... say let me say something real quick. If everyone okay. wants to pinpoint what is wrong with this country, what is wrong with the world, this is a prime example of it. Um, these people now that are finally getting caught – even the Bill Cosby's, the the Charlie Sheen's, whether he did it or not, you just mm -hmm. have to look at his other actions. These people are idolized. These people do public service <laughs> yep. announcements. They promote all these commercials, and it's to the point now people don't care what they do. They just want to see them on social media. They just want to see them on TV, on movies. And if you want to pinpoint something that's wrong with this country, why things are going downhill – I mean, you can go with Trump. You can go with anyone. People don't care anymore what these people are doing. All they care is about their fame mm -hmm. and what they're promoting on TV. And it's a damn shame. And it's not going to change. You know, social media, everyone wants to say how great it is, how everyone's communicating with each other. I think it's the total opposite effect. If you actually dig in and look at these people, these athletes, you know, nine kids out of wedlock. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I'm the biggest football fan out there. You know, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. You know, back in the early 90s, the greatest team of all, you know, uh, Michael Irvin. But I, I, I don't, you know, look at these guys and, and idolize them. I, it's just getting out of hand, you know. And, and the more you look at it, the bigger names Bill Cosby now. Charlie Sheen, the directors, the actors. This country's going to hell mm -hmm. in a handbasket, and the morals are absolute beyond anything I've ever seen, just like your comments, gentlemen. Let, let me ask you this, Colin, because uh, I agree with everything you said. Do you think that this is just like a chain reaction now that with all these scandals that are being exposed? Yes. Do you I, think that Hollywood is like pretty much crumbling before our eyes because so, so – so for so long, a lot of these Hollywood executives and just people in Hollywood, they've been able to pay them, pay their way to get out of trouble. They've been able to hush people up, intimidate people. But now it just seems like we're living in that time of exposure when people are being exposed. And now, like, you know, it's strength, it's strength in numbers. Like, you know, once one person comes out, then more people can come out. But I also kind of think mm -hmm. this, too, like, do you think that this whole Hollywood scandal, do you think a lot of this is just a – distraction of other things that's going on in this country too because we i mean let's just keep it real like a lot of the things as far as just like all the terrorism that's been happening here domestically like we we hear about it for like about a week probably not even that long and then it disappears but do you think that sometimes like things that. like this that are being pushed yeah go ahead it's worse than that L look at look at the um Texas shooting at the church. Look at the Manhattan mm -hmm. um, incident where multiple people died. Within six hours on CNN, Fox, um, MSNBC, it was out of the news cycle when they were talking about Trump and Russia. Literally 25-plus people died, and within six hours, they're not even talking about it anymore. They're talking about Trump and Russia mm -hmm. and whatever. If you look at 20, 20 30 years ago – this would be a major thing. They'd be talking about it on the news for over a week, nonstop. Sure, yeah. But literally, mm -hmm. within six hours of this happening now, so it's totally it's totally forgotten about, mostly, and they're on to something totally different. 
I mean, if you but can see, go to the, the, the difference. The difference between 20 years ago and now is that now we live in a society of now where everything's instantaneous as far as news right. goes. So if news, right. if like for example the the where, whereas the uh, shooting in Texas, it may have been two three days 20 years ago before it made it all over the country. Hell, it took sure. 9/11 was really the first time that you know everyone was linked in at the same time on one event and even that had a 4 hour delay you know yeah. so it it's it, i i remember i was waking up in indianapolis you know to alarms going off you know and when i when i got up i'm look, i'm read my screen that you know, the Twin Towers had been attacked. Come to find out, it was three hours earlier. You know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, we're living in a now society where everything just flies by. But, yeah, it, back, back in the day, 20 years ago, something that happened in the West Coast, we may not hear about it in the East Coast for a good week simply because it didn't affect the people in that area. Mm-hmm. News was more right. centralized then. So let me ask you, this this brings up a good um, topic, too. Like you brought up the whole entire thing about um, social media and how it has um, changed, you know, how we receive news and how we process it. Do you think that that has – do you think that social media has, like, become a double-edged sword? sword? Because, like, I look at it now, like, you know, a lot of things, a lot of injustices have been caught on – social media, but still at the same time, we see people showing their ass on social media too. So do you think that it's a double-edged sword? And which which way do you think, is it more of a positive thing or a negative thing that we're now seeing with social media? I, I, I think just in the last, I mean, year with Trump and everything, it's just turned the other way. It, it does more harm than good. Um, I thought at first it was even, some good, some bad, but I think the pendulum has really gone the other way, and it's completely, um, you know, 75% negative, um, disruptive stuff, 25% stuff out there, you know, that needs to be, uh, everyone needs to know about. And and your other point about Hollywood, um, I wanted to get into was, look at the whole Corey Feldman for for five years, yes. he he was afraid to come out and say who the person was who molested him um, and Corey Haim. So with this um, director, um, Weinstein, it opened it up, yeah, I believe, for everyone in Hollywood now to come out mm-hmm. and say who these people are. However, it always isn't appears what, what it's looking like to me. Some of these people that are coming out are using it as propaganda, something to to, to get back their careers. And so, sure. you know, Hollywood is so much like that. No matter what people say, you just can't it's trust them. It's about relevance. They're, yeah, they're, they're the worst yeah, of the worst. Being relevant. They're the worst of the worst people. They'll sell their souls to the devil, whatever, to keep them relevant and get them the next role. Yes. Exactly. It's that mm-hmm. old. It's that old saying. Even bad publicity is still publicity. You know. Yeah. It, it, right. Here's here's the thing. Like I, I I remember when all this first started coming out. 
Ashley Judd coming out saying how she got raped and all this and that by Weinstein. Well, okay, let's go ahead and say that that happened. Let's go ahead and play devil's advocate, okay? If it did, you know, horrible. But at the same token, when a lot of these stars were first coming out, Hollywood is a totally different world. You know, it, it was truly about who you know and how far you were willing to go for you to get your stardom. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's something that had been happening since the silent picture eras. You know, so you have all these people that were still in the old school ways. And, you know, so, some poor waitress that was trying to become an actress, you know, get, waiting to get discovered. And she happens to go in for a read. Next thing you know, the little private meeting happens to see if she's going to get the part. And she's willing to do, she's willing to do whatever they want her to do in order to get that part. Because, hey, not everyone got raped. Some did do it voluntarily. You know, and from there we have this, and now some of them are coming out saying, "Hey, he did this to me. Poor me." Oh, not poor you. You did not have to do that. You and look, chose look at it this to do that. Look you know, at it there's this way. a different. It, yes. Go ahead. It's it's not only the big names out there. Think of all the smaller roles, the assistants, sure, uh, the people they all know this. Believe me, they all know what's going on. Anyone, people, the hundreds of people behind the scenes see this stuff, and they just don't say anything. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not only the big names out in Hollywood. The whole damn system is corrupt beyond I think anyone's imagination. Let, let me right. let me jump in here real. quick. Let me jump in here real quick, guys, because this is this is another aspect too that's very disturbing about the whole um, Hollywood um, corruption. Because, um, like I said, this thing runs very deep. Like it's it's a like it's an endless rabbit hole. Like you you will start going in all kind of directions when you start discussing this. Now, what about these parents? Because I, I I'm going to really get on these parents for a minute because some of these people are selling their kids out. For a check, and I, I strongly believe that because that's the whole thing. I think that happened with both Corey Feldman and Corey Hain and and countless other um, Hollywood like kids that came through Hollywood. Like you see, that's why a lot of them now that are they're addicted to drugs. They're just they're just out here because I think the parents they were either a they were too trusting with their kids and just left them with anybody, didn't check on them, turned a blind eye, or b. They they knew what was going on, but they they just pretty much turned their kids. They was pretty much passed these kids along like they like pass along pa- pass arounds like 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 tricks. So sure. to me, we have to look at the parents as well because a lot of these kids are going through stuff because the parents didn't care. They're they're just they're like pimps. They're pimping their kids out, and it's just very sad. Like it's very sad. Like, and to me, I just think that that not only are the people that are um, that are actually committing these atrocities, they need to be held accountable. I we think the parents should be held accountable to some degree. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you know, to me, people are too trusting. And I'm going to tell you, you hear more about these young boys 
that are getting turned down in Hollywood because a lot of times, you know, and I'm glad people are starting to wake up to this fact now that it's not the young girls you got to just watch out for. You got to watch out for these young boys too because these young boys, they'll get their booty hole blown out before the girls will. And I'm just being honest with it because, like, I'm just being serious because, like, so many people think that, oh, this won't ever happen to my boy. But there's so many kids, especially young boys, that are going through this entire thing. I've seen a show on Oprah's network on Young Love Fix My Life, how all these young boys were victims of child molestation, and they started questioning who they were, their sexuality, all kind of things. It just confuses your child, and like a lot of times, these people left their their boys around the preacher. They left left them around the uncle. They left them around uh, right. Tom, Dick, and Harry down the block, and they didn't think nothing about it. And a lot of times, it's the people that you we suspect are the ones that are going to abuse your kids. So when we look at this thing that's going on in Hollywood, where a lot of these um, young well, they're not so young now, but a lot of these people are coming out and saying that they've been through this stuff. You look back on it like it's because the parents did not care. It was lack of parenting, and it's just it was just just sickening. Well, it, it, you know when the parents when the parents were casting them out, and all of a sudden they get a contract offer and they see them zeros with the commas in that contract, yes. they turn blind to the the possibilities of everything that may happen. You know, they're like, all right. You know, mm-hmm. they've never seen that kind of money before. All of a sudden, they're hearing the teacher from Snoopy as they're reading the contract, and they may not <laughs> notice that the bottom clause says, hey, I'm going butt- to stick it up your kid's butt. You know, they may not notice that. But, but, you know, it, like you said, the parents become nothing more than pimps. And it, it's it, it's as simple as they get greedy when they see the money, you know. Take for example, look look. Remember that Honey Boo Boo series? Okay. Yeah. Now I'm I, I'm not gonna bash on the Honey Boo Boo series. I'm using that as an example because remember there right it, that was that came out right in the middle when all these parents were spending all these thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars, and we all seen where Honey Boo Boo and her family lived in, to put these kids in these pageants, you know? Mm-hmm. And remember Jean Vinay Ramsey? You know? Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's almost a... Uh, uh, um, Oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? It, I, I don't want to say psychotic behavior, but, it, it, you know, it, it, it's like they become numb. I know where you're going. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they become numb for that fortune and fame, you know? And, yeah, and, it, and, do... it, and I don't even want to get started, started on the entire, just the, the, the entire reality TV culture. <clears throat> like, because, I mean, we can even go into what's that, what's that family where – that really Christian conservative family that had all those kids, and it came came oh, to light yeah, that yeah, yeah, they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. I like can't the, think the of it. Twelve kids of, or whatever it was. Um, yeah, and oh it came out gosh. the son was the son was uh, anti-gay and all this stuff, and come to find out, he was having an affair on his wife and all this stuff. Right. It, it was just so much stuff going on, child molestation going on in the family. Um, I cannot think the dozen. <laughs> in 
all that it, shit. Um, oh my God, what what was the name? The of Duggar, people? the the Duggar family, Duggar, or something like that's that. What it was. was it? Yeah, the Duggar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, you know, guys, I mean, but that's crazy. People. Go ahead. One of the people, one of the one of the people in Hollywood that, along before I respected, Martin Sheen, Apocalypse Now, great actor, many movies. He brought this monster into the industry. I I heard the last thing I heard was Martin Sheen. Well, I said, <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, he brought this Charlie Sheen, and 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 whether he did this to Haim or not, you know, I tend to think he did, just because of just the history of Charlie Sheen. You know, if you look oh, at right. all the porn yeah. stars and and everything, and if you look at the if you look at the movie, it's ironic Lucas where they say it happened. Because Charlie Sheen was supposed to be the guy protecting this Lucas, this this young kid coming to the school um, from all the right. other people in the school bullying him, and he was the one behind the scenes that was doing it to him. So you know, you got someone like Martin Sheen that has his kid doing this, and you know he probably protected him and and, and hid all this stuff behind the scenes and gave money to whoever to to, to keep this out of out of light. So. It's just people that you wouldn't even expect in Hollywood that that, that are doing this stuff as well. Oh, absolutely. Right. I, I, you know, society has gotten so, and I, I, I'm not even gonna say has gotten. It's just come to light. Okay, you know. Yeah, but, oh yeah. But society, oh yeah. Yeah, because it, it, this has been going on for years upon years upon years. You know. Um, yeah, you, you like I said, you can go back in time. Look, look at look at the some of the biggest names out there. You know that in, in film history, like Valentino and Rock Hudson, and you know, um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's it, these types of things have been going on for years. Maybe not so much on the whole aspect of. Uh, child molestation but you know having a you know people having affairs and you know but but back in them days that was considered a manly thing you know to go out and sleep with as many women as you possibly could you know that 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 was what a man was you know you take a look you take a look at the actors back then. How many how many times did John Wayne ride off into the sunset with a different woman? <laughs> yeah. uh, let me tell you, we live in a different time now. You can call your thinking you the man all you want. You can sleep with that, uh, all the people you want to. Now you're going to end up with something that you can't cure. And I, right. You know, yeah, so you're going to end up with a better... disease that starts with the word the. And nothing good ever starts with the word the. <laughs> yes, yes, and we discussed that on the show before. Anything that starts with the, you better steer clear from it. Yes. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah. well, Matt, you've been kind of quiet for a little bit. Do you, you have anything to say, Matt, or you you have anything yeah, to say about the whole? I've been listening to Bourbon a bit. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I, the, uh, the caller, I didn't catch his name earlier. He was talking about 
how he doesn't idolize the NFL players, and that's kind of weaved its way into the current conversation where we've had all these actors that we've idolized for years, and we couldn't even imagine them having done anything as terrible as molesting a child, right? So what it seems that with, with the way our values have changed with entertainment culture these days, it's shifted from idolizing someone who has good values and, you know, that kind of thing, and seems like a general good citizen. The values in entertainment have shifted to who is the most striking, shocking personality out there. Like that, that, was the, that was the rise of reality television in the first place, was that we've, we've shifted to becoming the loudest person on the scene. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if you can do the craziest thing on television, then everybody loves you. And so I think we've started to idolize something different now. So it's not so much you, you're a good person, you're a good, good citizen, but as long as you're the most shocking, loudest person out, out there, we've kind, of, we've kind of learned to value that instead. And so I think that's how, part of how we got the reality team president that we have now, is that we, you know, we go after that, which is shocking. So sometimes, um, because those values have changed to that, I think sometimes it starts out, like you were talking about the parents bringing their kids into the television industry. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes they're in there to, to sell their kids off. Sometimes, just like every parent wants their kids to do better than they did, that's their initial um, aim. And then once they get in there, they realize all these personalities are doing something behind the scenes because you used to idolize people for being good. And then you realize, oh, no, that really never was it in the first place. So like you said, it's, it's, they're all innocent until it all comes to light. So I think these I days... The perfect, no, the, perfect example, the perfect example of that is Miley Cyrus. Look, look, look yeah. at her father, Billy Ray Cyrus, brings her into the, the Disney Channel. And then when she's getting too old for Disney, she, her career kind of stalls. So she just goes off the wall... And does some crazy yeah. stuff on uh, on the music awards yeah. and out out of there, and she's doing this and that. Now, next thing you know, she's one of the main people on The Voice, uh, one of the uh, best yeah. uh, uh, highly rated TV shows out there. So you're exactly right. Just shocking. That th- that's the only thing that matters now. Um, all that stuff of her twerking and on drugs and you know with right. this guy and that guy it means yeah. absolutely nothing now. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to defend Miley Cyrus just for on one quick thing. All right, and I don't think it had to deal with Disney. You know, her getting too old for Disney, although that has happened time and time again. Take a look at Hillary Duff. Take a look at uh, oh, they I, I can't remember the name of the other actress. She was a big Disney actress, and then when she went by Burnett Girl, I, I uh, even Raven Simone, even Raven Simone. Like, look right, at her, how right, she's right. wilding out now and just being controversial. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think what Molly Cyrus's issue was was the fact that she she only knew her dad as her dad, and one day she happened to be watching TV and saw his one hit of achy, breaky heart, saw that horrible mullet he sported, <laughs> and it gave her a nervous breakdown. Because <laughs> 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 that was the worst mullet ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think I think something we're we're seeing with you know Miley and a lot of these uh, child stars that grow up into you know successful careers if that's what we call it, um, it, it's, it they're not producing an artist 
or an actor in themselves. The producers behind the scenes are producing an identity, right? Because you can right. you can follow yeah. the you can follow the the lifelines of these child stars. They start out, you know, cute little talented kids. Then they shift them into the adolescence rebellious phase, and they do crazy crazy stuff. And then they produce one song that's their like heartfelt. Uh, we are the world song moment. And then, you know, they've moved into adulthood. And then they start back over again. They bring in the new child star. So I think what we're really doing is here is that we're, we're not watching a show so much as investing in identities and life narratives. And that's just how people live is, is how we assume. So I think we're seeing, we're seeing ideals of, you know, childhood, adolescent, adult development in media with these child stars and that's mm-hmm. why we're getting to the point that we are is because we're, we accept that narrative. We accept that's just how it is. Boys will be boys. Justin Bieber's going to drive his car into something, and then he does a sweet romantic song, and he's an adult star. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but, but I think, but, I think but, we're finding well, a well, well, I do agree with that, uh, you know, because we are creating identities. Do you, you know, again, comes that saying, you know, that even bad publicity is still publicity. Uh, I mean, you can trace that back as far back. I mean, take a look at your uh, Britney Spears and, you know, look look at your Lindsay Lohan. And even before that, your Macaulay Culkins, you know, made all that money off the Home Alone series, decided to, uh, what's the word, Uh, divorce his parents so they couldn't touch Mm -hmm. his money, you know? So. Yeah, it's almost like they got to step it up a notch just to stay in that limelight, you know? Uh, right. They got to go one step above the people that were before them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, common sense has gone out the window. And, and you know what they're well, I mean, about you, that? They're making me sound like my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's just that's just the name of the game in Hollywood. Like everybody, it's it's just it's it's just a competition on like on every turn. Like so, the next person right. has to do something, or they have to be involved in X, Y, and Z. They have to upstage somebody else to remain relevant. It's all about relevance because there's so many people competing in Hollywood. It's very easy for you to you know fall to the wayside and people forget who you are, and they'll be like 10 years later, so, oh, whatever happened to such and such? You know what I'm saying? So right. you, you constantly have to be involved in, like I say, some level of fuckery pretty much. Like you have to be involved <laughs> in some type of foolishness to keep your name in life. And it's not even necessarily about talent all the time. It's, it's sometimes, it's, most of the time it's about just staying relevant. And and like you said earlier, Jr., it's it's about publicity, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's about keeping your name in life. That's why you see a lot of these um, artists, um, people in the hip-hop industry and just stuff like that, when they have a CD come out or they have an album out ready to drop, you notice how there's always a scandal or some type of controversy around. Right. Like they, they purposely stir up some controversy around the time that they're they dropping a LP. You know what I'm saying? So. It's it's just one of those things. It's and it's the same in Hollywood. It's the same in the music industry. It's just the same in life and just this culture in general. People people need relevance. They need validation. 
and they're willing to do anything. Like you see a lot of people now, they everybody wants to go viral on social media, and they don't care how they become viral. And they don't necessarily have to become famous. But, I mean, they're not even famous or talented. They just want that fame and notoriety. They want their name and light. Just like, Jr. I know you know about Mr. Deliver, Andrew Caldwell, right? Yeah. The yeah. one that was talking about he was delivered. Yes, like he he's a prime example of that. Like he's still trying to ride this 15 minutes of fame in 20. We're going in 2018. He became famous back in 2014 at the at the um, Church of God in Christ convocation when he came up. In that tight ass suit, looking like he was cutting off all his circulation, talking about he's been delivered. You were wearing that tight ass suit in in that damn that purple bow tie, talking about you've been delivered from homosexuality. And, and you still, and he's still on social media, always putting out people's names, talking about he slept with Cordell Stewart, like the uh, football player, and all this all this craziness, man. Like he's trying to do any and everything he can do to hold on to this little bit of fame that he has. And, and, and unfortunately, that's just the culture we live in. Like, you know, it's not just in Hollywood. It's, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, you see kids online. You wonder why they get online. They, they you know, these girls dressing provocatively and getting on Instagram and showing, showing everything off, twerking, fighting videos. Everybody wants that attention. And the thing about it is I would even understand – if you were getting something out of it, but you just a lot of these people are just doing it for a couple of likes. They're they're doing it just for somebody can just speak their name. You're not even getting paid off of it. Like you know, you, you're posting all this stuff up on social media, on Facebook, and everything, but you're not even getting paid. You're not even getting paid behind it. So I just think that it's just one of those things where um, people just want relevance, and they'll go to any link link to get it. So. That's just my opinion on that. Yeah. Well, no, we've definitely become a culture that almost worships narcissism at this point. I mean, if um, yes. we, we wouldn't, yes, if that weren't the case, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have songs that are, you know, praising the idea of, I'm going to go do this, but first let me go take a selfie. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're, it's a selfie culture. Yeah. It's an iPhone. It's an iPad. You know, everything is I, I, me, me. So I think it's that yes. we've, lost such a communal connection that we I think we're I was talking about trauma and shock earlier I think we've been traumatized as a culture where we've been so disconnected from our history, from our past, from our family our local communities that we're so starving for attention from the time we're born onward that we just become obsessed with getting that recognition and affirmation and really, we just need a connection. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where we are. So we've become that culture, and our technologies have made it easier. It's, social media is not the first example of it. It's just made it faster. I mean, once we could record somebody, they yeah. were excited to get on the on the recording. That's you know, it's cool to see yourself and all that, but it's just sped up the mm-hmm. the transformation of the culture by the speed of the internet. So. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely want to get on that. Um, the whole entire Hollywood thing. And I guess, like, there's several people that have been coming out. Like, um, we already touched on Charlie Sheen and about the whole um, um, Corey uh, Feldman and Corey Heim situation. And, like, to me, the only thing I found kind of suspect about that situation, I think it was Corey Feldman that was talking about he wanted to do a movie 
and he wanted to raise $10 million, but he, but he needed to raise $10 million before he would drop the name of these Hollywood executives that have been molesting these kids. And to me, I start to question your credibility, and I'm not saying that, you know, something didn't happen to him, but to me, why wouldn't you just drop this knowledge? Why do you have to profit off of this? Like, if you know the names of these people, you have receipts, and you have, like, all this proof, why why couldn't you just come right out and say who who these people are so we can get justice? You know what I'm saying? So it just seems like everybody has an, a, a motive and an agenda in Hollywood. And even with the people with Harvey Weinstein, like why is it taking this long for people to uh, come out and say that this guy's done this? And, like, we look at some of the people that – some of the accusers, they've been paid off. So it's just like, you know – Everybody's trying to profit off of this thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just crazy. Now we have this situation with Terry Crews. Um, he's an actor in Hollywood that claims – now, he hasn't came player, out and yeah. said who – huh? Uh, uh, former NFL player and just, I mean, yeah. all-around nice guy. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like, did you hear about his story when he came out and said that um he um he and his wife was at um I guess they was at some gathering or get together um and he said and he he came out recently and said this like he he's never named the names yet but he said that the guy blatantly came up to him at the party and grabbed his crotch in front of his wife and smirked and Terry Crews was like you know. Hey, to me, it's just a lot of things that's wrong with this story because my thing is, to me, if, especially you, I don't even care if you are gay. I ain't going to put that in there. But I'm just saying as far as a heterosexual man, and I don't even care what orientation it is, for you to come up and grab somebody and violate somebody like that, my knee-jerk reaction is I'm going to punch you in your fucking face. I mean, I mean, excuse my language, but I'm going to react some type of way, especially you disrespecting me in front of my wife. And I was listening to Tariq Nasheed today, and I was like, man, something's not adding up with that situation because for someone to feel that emboldened just to come up to you, what kind of energy would you give an off to you as this big old, like, six-foot-something, 240-pound dude, you allowing another man to come up and rope you and you don't respond? And I understand, like, you you know, you got to still eat, you know what I'm saying, you you know, you locked into the, you know, the Hollywood game. But to me, it's just like something's still not adding up. And I guess they said, you know, now that I guess he probably feels comfortable now that everybody else is coming out uh, with these accusations and exposing Hollywood. Now he's filing a police report. So I'm just really interested to see where this goes. Like, but to me, he still hasn't named any names yet. So that really goes to show you the power that people really possess in Hollywood, you know. So I don't know. It's just ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and and on the on the other side of it as well, um, well I think one of the reasons that a lot of people don't come out um, and what drop names or just tell anyone they've been assaulted at all is that when you're employed by someone or when someone's supposed to be your mentor, that's what's so heinous about that crime is that they really do have power over you in their position. And so if you 
or if your livelihood, if your income is being held above your head, if you say something against this uh, sexual predator, then your your livelihood may be at stake or your career or yeah. a person who has more power or resources than you financially, politically, whatever – they can use those resources to, you know, take your name through the mud as well. And they may be able to, be able to afford more attorneys than you can. So there's there, part of the delay, whether it's Feldman or whomever, could be very well the case that people are afraid that they're going to lose their everything to the reaction yeah. of those who are above them. So I think that could be a big part of it. And that's a lot of why right. the most unreported crime as uh, women's sexual assault is because either it's been done by someone that they love and they're just traumatized by it, or they're afraid that people won't believe them because people tend to give men the benefit of the doubt a lot of time. So I think there's a lot of power in wor- well. And it's even worse with male victims. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. like, you know, I mean, there is a stigma attached behind that. Like, you know, you know, a, a lot of men have been victims of sexual assault, um, this this is a whole nother story. I want to do a show about this because I think that when we talk about sexual abuse, this can go in so many directions. But as far as like men is concerned, like you know, that does that crushes a man's masculinity or his self uh, worth when he experiences that. Even as an adult, even if it happens as a child, like that's something that carries over into adulthood. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many people that are affected about by that. And it's just psychologically, and I and I know you can attest to this because I know you you study psychology. Like that that has like lifelong effects. Like a lot of people, and a lot of people never get help with that. Like you know what I'm saying, especially Absolutely. a lot of these young boys, and a lot of this abuse that's going on, not only in Hollywood, but we look at in the church, we look in the home. Like it's abuse going on everywhere, and a lot of these people do not get the resources that they need to. Uh, combat these issues that they've gone through, and I just think it's very unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've yeah, got a couple more the, stories, okay. and I'm gonna let you guys get off. Of you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got a couple more stories. I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna see what you guys have else have to say. I'm gonna move on so we can get off the air. I don't want to hold you guys too long, but I want to get on um, another troubling story. Now, I wish C was on here tonight because I would like to get a woman's point of view from this um, about the college student that said that that she was being poisoned by her um, roommate and uh, her her college dorm roommate, and she referred to her as a Jamaican Barbie. So the girl was pretty much hating on the girl. They she thought that the girl was more prettier than her and all this than the other, and I think it was just all all je- about jealousy. You know what I'm saying? But it was just so crazy. I wanted to talk about this story because, like, it's really scary that you really don't know what people are doing to you because she only found out that this was happening to her because of when she was finally moving out of her dorm, somebody stopped her and showed her all these posts that her roommate put up of her saying, oh, I've done this to her makeup. I've um, put her – she said, toothbrush where the sun don't shine, like all kind of stuff. Like, it, it's crazy, like all this stuff this girl was doing to her for months. And the girl was sick. Like, she was going to the doctor. They didn't know what was wrong with this girl. Like, it was just, like, ridiculous. Like, but I'm going to get to that, but I, I wanted to see if you guys had anything else to say about this topic that we were 
currently on before I move on, or um, are you guys ready to move on, or do you have anything else to add? Well, if I, if I said anything else about the, the final topic about um, your sort of into Hollywood and all the activity there. Yes, okay. Yeah, the only, the only thing I would say is just the last point is this, is that you were talking before about the trauma of having been the victim of, of sexual aggression. And something that has yeah. become kind of a pop culture um, slang now is talking about, oh, they got triggered, oh, they got triggered. And it became, it's now become a political um, word. It's an attack. If you say somebody got triggered, they're out of control, they're emotional, and they're not relevant. And I think that's kind of a perfect example of how we, as a society, are, for whatever reason, not acknowledging that the trauma of attack and sexual aggression is real. And the trigger is a psychological phenomenon. It means you're traumatized at one point, and it, you do have a, you still have a psychological effect from that that may shut you down or cause you to go into any sort of survival defense mode. And I just, I think people need to be a little more sensitive to the realities of that trauma. That's the only thing I would say to add about that last topic. So. Oh, okay. You got anything else to add, Jr. Jr. I see him on here. I don't know what's going on. I lost him. Yeah, his number's still showing up though. But, anyways, um, I wanted to move on. I had a couple more stories I wanted to get on really quick, and then we're gonna uh, uh, sign out tonight. Uh, but I really wanted to talk about this story because, like, people that have roommates, people that have, I mean, even you, we can even take this next story into like, like you, you never know what people are doing, like in these restaurants. You, you, you just you can't really trust people because you don't know where people are coming from. Um, I'm going to go to a quick clip real quick, and then we're going to come back and discuss this story. Um, and I also have a follow-up, have a follow-up article to this particular story. And we're going to get into uh, just the mindset of certain people, like how, how deviant and how just wicked some people can be, like have no consideration for other people. So we're going to go to this quick and clip, and I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. Troubling story about a college student charged with harassing her roommate, sparking the hashtag Justice for Jazzy. Nightline's Juju Chang is here with the story. Good morning, Juju. Good morning, guys. It is absolutely stomach-churning. It is, in many ways, the nightmare scenario when it comes to college roommates. Nauseating allegations and now criminal charges against a freshman who admits to contaminating her roommate's personal belongings. Much of it playing out on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. I felt like I was unwanted in my own room. This morning, disturbing allegations against 18-year-old college student Brianna Brochu, reportedly bragging on social media that she secretly mistreated her African-American roommate, Chanel Jazzy Rowe. And I'm approached by my old neighbor and two RAs. My old neighbor tells me, oh, Chanel, I sent you something on the phone. You need to look at it. It's super important. In an Instagram post, Brochu refers to spitting in her coconut oil, putting moldy clam dip in her lotions, and other actions too disgusting to share on morning television. 
then claiming she'd successfully driven away her freshman roommate, who she called a Jamaican Barbie. Rose says when she learned of the alleged tampering, she alerted the university. And last week, Brochu was arrested. Multiple crimes is committed in this thing. Roe taking to Facebook to tell her story, getting over 4 million views, alleging that the university should have done more. Jazzy writing, as a young African-American woman, I don't want to become another statistic. When it comes to college incidents, crimes, and racial cases, justice needs to be served. Many responding to Rose's traumatic account with the hashtag Justice for Jazzy, calling for the university to address what some are claiming is a hate crime. According to the police report, Bro Shu admitted to licking her roommate's eating utensils and rubbing bodily fluids on her bag because, she says, she felt Roe had been rude to her, posting Snapchat videos of her sleeping. Bro Shu was in court Wednesday, charged with second-degree breach of peace and criminal mischief. I keep looking at this paragraph, right? Because the paragraph says so much stuff she's done. And at the same time, she says she's done so much more. I don't know the so much more. University of Hartford president saying the freshman is no longer a student and will not be returning, calling the incident deeply upsetting, adding the accused student's behavior was reprehensible and does not reflect the values of our institution. Now, Jazzy says she's had a sore throat for weeks and had to see doctors and is now concerned about her ongoing health. We should note that West Hartford police are reportedly requesting that her roommate's charges be upgraded to hate crime. And, Juju, we should say you rightfully sanitize some of the details here. It's even yeah. more shocking yeah. and worse than Oof. you could possibly imagine. It is absolutely jaw-dropping. Yeah, we couldn't share some of that on morning television. Absolutely. Okay, Juju, thank you for what you did. Well, hey there, GMA fans. All right. We're back. Um... Make sure JR's back on. JR, are you still with us? Or, okay, maybe he had to step away for a minute. Okay, um, getting back to this story that I was talking about, um, I was going to probably get to Tyrese, but that's, that story's so lame, I'm probably not going to even deal with that because he's a lame individual and I'm not dealing with that because I just, I, I guess that's, that's another person that is just pretty much starving for attention and, like, you know, I don't know. I don't even want to get into that. But um, I wanted to read you. Okay, I need to find this story. I had it. Um, about this girl that, yeah, that did this to her roommate. Um, this is an article from usatoday.com, and it was published actually today, um, November 9th. And it was written by Mary Bowerman, and it's entitled Hate Crime Charges Sought Against Student Who Rubbed Bodily Fluids on Roommate's Belongings. Now, when this story initially came out, um, they were just going to give her these petty charges. And this is another this is another piece of the story that they did not report in that clip that I just played from Good Morning America. They did not report the fact that this girl, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. They they didn't report the fact that the school threatened Jasmine that if she went public with this story or she if she talked to anybody about it, they, they threatened to kick her off or out of the university or kick her out of um, campus housing. You know, well, never mind the fact that she was – that yes, she was the victim, and that's what I'm saying. They didn't mention that in the story. Um, 
she said that in her um, Facebook live posting, which was probably like about 40 minutes. It was too long to play on the show, so I didn't I didn't include that today. But she said that the university threatened to to kick her out and um, kick her out of public housing. And I don't know. I think yeah, they was going to try to get rid of her out of the university too. And to me, I think at that point she she has a lawsuit. Like she has like she can file a lawsuit because how are you the victim of a crime and you're trying to sweep it under the rug and you're making her seem like she's the perpetrator. So mm. uh, I'm going to start reading this article. We're going to go through some of it. You know, um, if you guys want to read through it, you guys, you can. I pretty much gave you the link or the uh, title of it. But um, the, the article reads as such. The Connecticut NAACP wants a hate crime charge filed against a former University of Hartford student accused of harassing her black roommate and bragging about it on social media. Uh, Members of the Connecticut NAACP and students rallied behind um, the West Hartford Police or outside the West Hartford Police Department Wednesday calling for an immediate hate crime charge. Um, Brianna Brochu, 18, was charged with third-degree criminal mischief and second-degree breach of peace after admitting that she had tampered with her former roommate's food and smeared bodily fluids on her backpack. Now, they're pretty much in this article, they're, I don't know why they're not being more blunt about this, but bodily fluids, like they're not really getting into the actual bodily fluids that were on that she was smearing on the back backpack. Uh, according to uh, Jasmine's video, she was taking her period, like her tampons, and smearing it on her on her backpack and like on her articles of like clothing and stuff like that. So yeah, that's okay. how vulgar this chick was. Like, and to me, I, I think this this is kind of like really sickening because like you don't know what people are doing like you you don't know because she didn't know for for a long period of time that this was going on and like the scary part about it is you don't know what kind of diseases this girl could have had like she could have had hepatitis Mm -hmm. she could have had hiv she could have had anything like and for this girl to do this like i think that this really i think this is the wake-up call to a lot of people and i'm not going to get into the racial uh, aspect of it because that to me is just real sickening and I think it was a lot to do with jealousy and just and it's just really hateful that you would do that to somebody and she pretty much told on herself when she referred to her as a Jamaican Barbie. You obviously mm-hmm. had an issue with the girl's race and for you to call her a Barbie you you were you were pretty much jealous of her because you thought she was pretty, you thought she was attractive. And sometimes like women that are attractive they go through things like this when people are doing mischievous things to them. So mm-hmm. um, police said that they are seeking a hate crime charge against Brochu last week, but Scott um, Easdale, the president of Connecticut chapter NAACP, said, said that he was told the West Hartford police had not filed paperwork seeking an additional charge, according to the Hart- Hartford Current. Um let me skip on down here. Um, Hartford State's attorney, Gail Hardy, said investigators are waiting to speak with Brochu's former roommate before proceeding with additional charges. Um, 
and this is about the video um, that she posted. In the video, Rose said that she learned of the abuse shortly after moving out when someone told her that Brochu posted a uh, celebratory message on Instagram. And this is what she said. Um, Finally, I did it. Your girl got rid of her roommate. After one and a half months of spitting in her coconut oil, putting moldy clam dip in her lotion and rubbing used tampons on her backpack, putting her toothbrush in places where the sun doesn't shine, and so much more, I can finally say goodbye, Jamaican Barbie. So she pretty much incriminated herself, and that's what we were talking about earlier, getting back to the, the thing we were talking about earlier. A lot of people are so thirsty for recognition. They're so thirsty for validation. They, you know, they, they want to just show off to the world to where, a lot of times people are incriminating themselves when they do things on social media. So mm-hmm. I just really think that she's really dumb. Like the girl that did this, because like if she hadn't posted this stuff on social media, she probably would have never got caught. Like she, they probably would have just chopped it up as a, so I just think that, you know, I think that the, the, the police, the police job, I mean, if they, they can get on, Facebook and solve like half of these murders and half of these crimes by just getting on social media because people have this inherent need or um, to pretty much tell on themselves or broadcast like when they do stuff like people will nine times out of ten like these days they they'll give themselves up like you know mm-hmm. and it's just it's just really sad that you're going through this like and people are going through this type of thing like you don't know what to expect like when you when you when your roommates with somebody that you don't know and that's why I tell like I would tell people like especially college students that are going off to college just be aware of your surroundings don't be so trusting you know if you're staying with somebody just just be aware just you know try to find out about this individual you know what I'm saying keep your things locked up mm-hmm. if you can you know, just don't be so careless. And I think that's I think that's a lesson that a lot of young people need to learn. Like, especially when you're going off to college or you're going into the real world, everybody out here does not have your best interest in heart. And there's some really evil and vindictive people out here that are just straight up animals. Like this girl is mm-hmm. just disgusting, and she needs to be locked away because if she would do that to her, like what else? Like, I don't know. It's just it's just really sickening. So, what do you mm-hmm. feel about that? Matt. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a mental health issue here. Uh, most most crime you can trace back to mental health issue, if not some some uh, uh, home history, uh, home situation needing resources or something they can't get a hold of on their own. But obviously, it's a mental health issue. Um, <laughs> and you're right; it, it does go, go to show that you you can't always predict who's going to be your secret enemy. So, but it, it does also speak to the value of always um, everyone you work with, everyone you interact with on a regular basis, always maintaining as positive and constructive relationship as you possibly can because you never yes. know who's going to be the, the next secret enemy, you know. So give people the benefit of the doubt, but be prepared for whatever could happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, we that. have another caller really quick. I'm going to take this call and see what they have to say. Um, and then I'm, I'm hoping we can get Jr. back on the line. If not, um, we're just going to wrap it up tonight, but we're going to go to um, area code 404-921. Um, 
Caller, do you have a question or a comment? I'm not sure how long you've been listening, but, um, yeah, we're just talking about sexual degeneracy in Hollywood and just, you know, some other current events. I didn't know if you had anything to add to the conversation or you just listened. Yeah, I, I wanted to add something, but, you know, I don't know how <laughs> I missed the majority of the conversation, so I don't know if this is going to get in the way of some stuff y'all hit on already or already covered. But, yeah, I mean, the Hollywood situation, I think, is just more visible because we know who the people are. So when the story happens, since they have a name, you know, it's kind of more well-known. But I, I think you could put this in pretty much any industry where there's a power dynamic, where there's a reward that somebody's the gatekeeper of, and they can use that uh, mm-hmm. to kind of get over on people mm-hmm. and kind of get them to do things. So I, I think as long as that power dynamic exists, hell, you're the damn manager at Waffle House. If you can push somebody on third shift and they don't want to be on third shift, <laughs> you can leverage that into something if you're a raggedy dude or a raggedy woman. So I, I just think that's the majority of it. It's just the fact that, you know, inequality is so deep in the country right now uh, that sometimes, man, people be willing to take stuff off of people that they normally wouldn't uh, because the payoff could be so good or, you know, it's the dream job or whatever if you want to talk about corporate offices and everything like that. But it's a, right. it's a major thing, though, in the country, man. It's, yeah, and I was going to ask because we brought this up earlier in the conversation um, about a lot of these childhood actors and actresses and stuff like that. Do you think a lot of this has to do with the parents, like the like the parents that just pretty much sold their kids off um, to Hollywood for a paycheck? Do you think a lot of this, a lot of this abuse that's going on, like um, with a lot of these? Um, um, executives and stuff like that that have been outed that that were pretty much molesting these kids like Trump. Like we just heard the allegations about Char- Charlie Sheen and um, the whole thing about him uh, raping Corey Heim and all that stuff. Do you think it has a lot to do with the parents and should they be partially blamed for this as well? I I think you have to go case by case. I think you know, there's going to be some cases where the parents were so wide-eyed and willing to accept anything that was going down that they weren't, you know, a, a supervisor or attentive as they should have been because they were so worried about that golden ticket going down. Uh, but the ones who would just willingly do that, knowingly do that, I think those those cases are going to be far and few between. But I definitely wouldn't doubt right. that it happens, man, because the stakes are so high, yeah. you know what I mean? And when you see people yeah. like yeah. I know people who've done some serious, serious, questionable moral things for a little bit of money. So ain't no telling what folks would do when they know what's on the yeah. line like that. Oh, yeah. For yeah. the right amount like of money, said, I, I mean, kicked my own mother down the steps. Oh, damn. <laughs> hey, I, I, I didn't well, know how to comment I mean, to that. I ain't going to say nothing about that. But, yeah, uh, I, mean, hey, just, hey, hey. I just I think <laughs> – Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, 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 I was gonna say we we have a mutual understanding. She gets fifty percent, you know. That, but she knows it. She knows it. Let me ask you this, caller. Let me ask you this, caller. I noticed like your, your number is like four hundred four. So are you from the Atlanta area? Well, I'm not from here, but I'm here now. You know what I mean? So I'm down here. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, the reason why I was asking that because I just I noticed like we were talking about Hollywood, and we were just talking about just the earlier we got on the topic about the whole reality TV 
seen and how, like, we live in a culture now where everybody just wants to put everything out there to remain relevant. Um, being from Atlanta, you know, there's a lot of um, reality shows that are taped down there, a lot of um, hip-hop artists, a lot of musical artists, just people that are trying to make it big in showbiz down there in general. Um, as, you know, as as we all know, Atlanta is kind of like the I, I could say like a black Hollywood. It's like a, you know, chocolate city down there. Um, do you notice just like um, from living down there, I don't know how long you've lived down there, but do, do you have you noticed how a lot of people are um, really thirsty for that relevance or that, that fame? Or I mean, is it like a culture down there where everybody's trying to be seen? Um, or, I mean, have you, have you like, um, notice that living down in ATL. Yeah, I mean that's here, but old Atlanta is here too. Like uh, you know, regular folk, working yeah. class, all that kind of stuff is here. But that other part right. is here too, and it's like uh, the attention economy. How many views, likes, or whatever that you can drive, you know, people will be willing to right. do whatever spectacle they can to get it. And when you get connected to that scene, as far as the clubs, as far as going to the auditions and stuff like that. Man, people, it's basically a contest of who can stand out. So, yeah, man, it, it gets kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous. And, man, there's some people out here, like, like some of the stuff that they're doing from week to week in order to keep up a look or to keep up an image, boy, it gets drastic as hell, man. And that's kind of how uh, the scammers got so big down here. Like, you got people pulling scams. Yes, and I've heard about chances. that to dress a certain way yeah. because dressing a certain way will get them in the door of the places you're talking about. So the attention economy is a problem all over the country, but Facebook and Instagram, yeah. like maybe in 10 to 15 years, we're going to look back at those two things and say, maybe these weren't such good ideas. Cause I, I think they're doing a lot of damage. And we, we did talk about that earlier. We were talking about the power of social media and like, sometimes I brought up the point too, and I was going to see if you agree with this, like, do you think that social media is like a two-edged sword? Like, on one end, like, it has brought a lot of positivity, but on the other end, like, it, it's kind of, like, contributed to, like, the moral decline of society. Like, because, I, like I said, now I like to look at it from a positive point of view because, like, now we we can um, go live when there's certain injustices being done or um, – like you can use the power of social media to put out a, a positive narrative or a positive message. So um, I was just wondering, do you feel that it's kind of a two-edged sword? Like which way do you think is it more positive or more negative? Yeah, it, it's definitely a two-edged sword, and I would weigh in at, at more negative. But the positive aspects of it are, like you said, you can get out information. Uh, you can actually connect with people who are more like-minded, who you wouldn't have found if it wasn't for social media. So there's definitely some good aspects of it, uh, the ability to get news that would have taken a long time for you to get, and you would have to sift through things to get it. So there's good to it. But when you start talking about the bad, you're talking about people living in echo chambers and only taking in information that they want, not challenging yeah. themselves yeah. about what they know. Uh, the attention <laughs> part of it to where you're sitting around and you're getting mentions or you're getting likes, and it's pulling you off tasks that you should be doing. Uh, I think that affects our ability to concentrate. Uh, you're writing a paper, all of a sudden, well, let me check Facebook real quick. Uh-oh, hour and a half later, uh-oh, <laughs> I got to get back to the pe- Like that kind of thing, I think that does affect people. Or 
uh, sometimes acting in a way because you want to do something for the gram. So all of a sudden you're, you're doing, you're having behavior that you wouldn't normally do, but you think this is a shareable moment. So you do it like that, that kind of stuff. Uh, that that's when we get into rewiring of the brain to a degree, because now you're thinking right. differently. Uh, hell, you've seen some of these young kids in, in some, you know, social aspects to where it's like, okay, some of these kids only can really communicate well by texting. If they're around, people are yeah. sitting down yeah. and looking at you eye to eye, they're uncomfortable. So that that kind of stuff, that's the nigga I'm looking yeah, and at. You brought up, that's a good point because um, you look at, like, especially this younger generation now, we wonder why they're so, like, you know, they, they come across as so socially awkward. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't know how to socialize with people. They don't know how to uh, – I don't know. It's just like they're. It's just like they're rewired differently, like you just said. Like you know, I, I think that just the whole entire social media thing has just made us evolved into like this 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 beast that it's just like we don't have any compassion for p- other people. Uh, we don't know how to communicate effectively. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like, and and I'll even admit too. Sometimes, like I'll find myself like if I'm in an uncomfortable situation or I'm waiting or something like that, or you know what I'm saying. I'll start playing with my phone or, you know, going Me to social too. media because, like, that's that's, that's mm-hmm. a good coping. I'm not going to say it's a good, good, but I'll say it's a coping mechanism for some people to pull out their phone or get on social media or something like that. But Yeah, um, and I'm not yelling these I things don't know, man. soapbox. I'm guilty of these things, too. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right with you on that, yeah, bro. I was going to ask I, you, too, like brother, said, like, I don't know uh, much good on yeah, I was gonna ask you this too because I want to get your opinion on this. Um, what do you feel about the entire? Um, well, we we just talked about. Um, did you hear about that girl that was poisoned by her roommate? Like that that black girl that was poisoned by her yeah, roommate. The girl was man. putting all kind of stuff. I said, man, that is crazy, and like that kind of goes back into what I was saying about the whole social media. Man, people are so ridiculous these days that they're they'll pretty much tell on them that, like, this girl was putting all this stuff on Instagram that, you know, she was taking pictures and uh, pretty much telling on herself, talking about she done poisoned this girl's um, products and stuff like that, put her toothbrush in her hand. There's all kind of crazy stuff. And that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I think social media, I'm kind of, like, in agreement with you. Like, it's doing more negative than good like i mean because you got people out here and i guess you that's just a relative term because like if you're telling on yourself or you are out here committing crimes and you put it on facebook i guess that's a good thing because you pretty much are helping the police to catch catch bad guys but man that whole situation was like real right and then then comes the question of are you doing that action because you needed to create some content in your mind like everybody's walking around as their own kind of producer and coming up with content all the time to keep people watching, following, or whatever. So, you know, that kind of chicken or egg kind of thing comes in. And, uh, like, I, I know this ain't going to sound right, man, but I would suggest folks go to HBCUs, man. I I don't think we should go to places where we're not wanted. Like if, some, if a school yeah, shows an extreme care about diversity and wants you to come there and the student body, uh, you know, is, is – you know, look, seems to be uh, to where it's cool there being mixed, you, you know, having a mixed population there, then I understand. But I wouldn't go to these places where it seems the people don't want you there. 
and, and, and I do think, like you said, when they're trying to push really hard, and that's a good point that you that you brought up. Like, have you ever been somewhere where they just I mean, you just feel on one seat, like, and they got a like you're there as a token. You know what I'm saying? But to me, I think yeah. situations like that occur. I think I think that's something negative is going to come out of that more than just something good. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a problem with our community. Sometimes the black community is like, we are always trying to buy acceptance from people that really don't want us. Like people that don't want our money, people that don't want our business. Like we're always trying to bend over backwards, trying to be accepted. And to me, I just think it's time out we're doing that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if they don't realize our value and our worth, then that's them missing out. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just really think that we, we should really start taking more pride in um, who we are and what we have to bring to the table because we have a lot to bring to the table. Like, we, we are some of the biggest consumers, like, you know, and and the thing about it is, is like, we just blindly give our money to communities or people that have no respect for us, none, you know, and I, I think we need to get out of that habit, like, and, you know, and start patronizing our own and building our own up. Like you said, you know, it's, it's okay to, you know, help out other people or support other people. Sometimes we got to help our own, help our own out, build our own communities up. So, Dude, um, I, I agree 100, but then, you know, and then I would add this qualifier on it. And when you're in somewhere else, uh, you know, that, that necessarily no black person is going to own because, hell, we ain't going to control, you know, all the industries or whatever. At least I need to see right. some black staff there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need yeah, to know true. somebody there is getting a check. And, and when you do go to these places and you see one of us there, man, go to the, go to the site and get that person a, a good recommendation or, or, you know, write that person or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. kudos there. Now I know some of us give bad service, man, but you know, just, just <laughs> bear with them, man. Bear with them. And, and that's my thing too. Like we we have to support reputable um, businesses and people that are doing reputable things. I'm not just gonna give you support because you another brother or sister. Because sometimes, you know, what I'm saying we can mess the game up for other for other people. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. You know, if you if you to well, me well, if you're doing right, flip it like this. If you're a raggedy owner, I'm supporting the black folks you got working there at the front desk. And if you're a raggedy roof right. desk person, I'm supporting the black owner who don't know you raggedy up here. And I, like I said, I know you you dare you dare right in saying that we we need to hold ourselves to a standard. But damn, sometimes we just gonna have to bear with our <laughs> folks, man. Because cause yeah, we gotta yeah, we got to start somewhere. We do. Whew. Yeah. So, Jr., well, what yeah, do you man. feel Thanks about that, that, on, that entire conversation? Like, because I, I think, man, I got, a, I got a good topic for next show, and I, and I, I really like you, four hundred four. You got to come back to my show because we got, I got some things that I'm talking, I'm gonna be talking about in the next show, because, yeah, oh, yes, sir. about we'll as far as racist, yeah, yeah, yeah. We on, um, we're on Facebook under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers or UCOFW, so that's where, um. You know, I send out the update for the show times and stuff like that. But, uh, Jr., what do you feel about that? Like, do you think that there's uh, – is there any – because I know you're part of the Latino community or Hispanic community. What Do you feel that that's a good thing for people to support their own community and build up Absolutely. their own people? I, I, 
Absolutely. You know, it, it's uh, uh, so like you you know a lot about my background, you know, whereas uh, a lot yeah. of the listeners probably do not. Um, I, I was born in Puerto Rico. I moved at the age of nine to a little town called Huntingburg, Indiana. It's in southern Indiana. My family was the first minorities in that entire county. You know, we, we we were the first, the first Hispanics, first people of color. It's a total, before us, it was a total German county, you know. Um, you know, and, it, it, yeah, absolutely we do. I mean, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to bring any politics into this, but I'm, I, I do got to say one thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if we don't take care of our own, who's going to take care of us? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's true. So, it's true. It, you know, it, it, I will always, 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 it, you know, of course, you know, if a place is going to give me some horrible service, I'm going to call them out, you know? Uh, but if they, if they give me great service, I'm going to give it to them, you know, give them props, man. Yeah. And and I will always, I, I, I've been known, I've been known to tip a hundred percent of my check because I've had that good of service, you know? Uh, but I've also been known, like, for example, I, I, the other day I picked up my kid, man, my youngest from school and I, I felt like eating Chinese, right? And he's like, all right, Dad, let's go get Chinese. So we go to this Chinese buffet. Now, in Jasper, Indiana, which is a town of uh, 15,000 people, there are three Chinese buffet places there, okay? And I went to the one that was closest to me. Anyways, I'm sitting there. Their food's really good when it's fresh. I've ate there a thousand times. I'm sitting there, and my kid's eyes get wide open. And I'm like, what the hell? What's wrong? And he won't tell me, right? And uh, I'm looking around, looking around, and he goes, Dad, look right behind you. And I look, and there was a cockroach on the wall. Right oh, my God. You. you know, and, and that, was, that, was, that was my reaction. I was like, oh, hell no, that's a cockroach. Now, cockroaches are nocturnal, so if they're out there in the day, that means you got an infestation. You know, man, so I'm, I'm sitting there. You. I'm, I'm telling you, man. I'm sitting there, and, and I see the manager come up. I'm like, "Why is there a cockroach right there?" Right? And the manager's little Chinese lady comes over, and she had this towel in her hand, and she smashes man. the cockroach. Right? No, man, no, man, don't do this to me. I, I, I already oh. know where this is about to go. Oh. Then she goes to the buffet with the same towel and continues to wipe down the buffet. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm done. I'm not eating no more Chinese. <laughs> I man. called the Department of Health on that shit, man. I posted reviews, horrible reviews on that, man. It just ruined an entire ethnicity for me. It, let me tell you something, and that's my problem. Like, I'm just going to be 100% real. Like, and that that's a good topic because, like, I know, like, especially in um, in a lot of these, these communities where a lot of Asians own businesses, especially these Chinese restaurants 
or these these um, beauty supply chains or stores or whatever. Right. They come in these 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 urban communities and they they treat the customers like shit. They give them any type of service. They don't eat that food. When you go in them Chinese restaurants, you see that line man going out the damn door sometimes. But right. They they don't they don't. The standards are not the same as if you go out to a Fisher's or a Carmel or like on the suburbs somewhere. Right. You, right, you don't right. see the same standards. And then they, they want to get hey. them people in and get them out. They talk to them hey. reckless. They, th- sure, they throw sure. their food at them. Yeah. And then you go to these Chinese stores. They don't hire black people, but you're eating off our community. You, you're selling mostly black right. products. You're selling them this cheap, inferior hair. They're not even selling top-quality hair. They, 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 it's just, it's crazy. And we support these people. We really support these people. And they don't put anything hey, back into the black community. I, I, I'm going to call out a place real quick. So, I, I, I can't remember what their name is, but, you know, that, you know that, we keep uh, it real on Chinese, this show. Right, you know, that Chinese buffet there on Lafayette and, uh, oh gosh, Lafayette and, what is that, 30. Second, is 16, 30, no, not 16, 30 seconds. You talking about, um, no, you're not talking about, uh, 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 um, uh, uh, tapping it, It's like a, are you? Uh, it, it's like $2.99 buffet, something like that, you know? I ain't, ain't messing with no $2.99 buffet. And, I ain't right, doing right, that. Right, 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 right. That ain't, that don't even so, sound so, right. That sounds suspect. <laughs> well, it's right there. Dang, it's on mm-hmm. the corner. It, it, I, I swear it's 32nd Street and uh, Lafayette's right there on the Northwest Plaza. Okay? It's right across yeah, that, that, the Saragas that area, that area Market. Right. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, by Sarah, I, Saraga. Where, yeah. Right. Yeah. So what are you talking about? I, I go... I go there. I, I went to eat there a couple of times because it was cheap, right? I never had a problem with it. But there are certain things that you don't touch when you're eating at a $2.99 buffet. So I took my sister there, right? And you met my sister. And uh, uh-huh. <laughs> she she starts mowing, dude, mowing on the crab meat, right? Just mowing on the crab meat. I said, sis, you may want to take it easy on You may want to take it easy on that. Keep in mind, it's a two ninety nine buffet. You know? Yeah, goes, they oh, compromising and cutting corners on quality somehow. Yeah, right. That that may not necessarily be crab meat. I've never ate crab meat at a buffet for two ninety nine. You know, <laughs> and she she's just bowing on this stuff, right, dude? Like oh, two God. hours later, she is in the bathroom. She's like, oh my God, that's going to just kill me. And I told her, I said, 299 buffet. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I warned you. Man, I don't know where you're going to get anything. I don't know where you're going to get something 299 these days. Right. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. that's going to be filling too. Like, that's what I said about them Chinese buffets, man. That's the worst damn, that's the worst rip off in the damn world, man. You pay all that money, go to them buffets. You leave there, it's like you ain't ate nothing like an hour or two later. Right, right, right. But, but yeah, man, they, and then, they, and then uh, some of that meat be so damn chewy, you don't even know what the consistency of that meat is. You don't know what you eat. You, they saying it's chicken, but I don't, man, I don't know, like, the last time I ate some chicken, man, that, that, 
that's just grisly and just I, I just I don't know <laughs> about some of this stuff sometimes, man. Hey, look, in 1993, when I was in the Marine Corps, one of the first things I did, I went to Tijuana. I crossed the border into Tijuana, Mexico, just to see what was in Tijuana, Mexico. And anybody that's ever crossed, walked through the border into Tijuana, Mexico, can can uh, be witness to this. So as soon as you walk into the Mexican side, right, there there's these little fire pit stands, okay? I kid you not, it, it, this is a quote. It, it's, it looks like these big lemonade stands. On the top sign, it says Taco Bell, right? And you got fresh friggin' guacamole and onions and ceviche and all that. And then there's this mm-hmm. big slab of meat over an open fire. <laughs> now, I don't know what that big slab of meat is. Man. But whenever you're drunk... And you got five dollars left, and these are like for twenty-five cents a taco. You're eating it, you know. I don't ask questions. <laughs> All I know is that it was meat. <laughs> it was. I, I just thought that big slab of meat was too big to be a dog. Might have been horse. Might have been cow. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could have been some damn. Well, I ain't gonna say no monkey meat. If it was that damn big, well, yeah, bigger than a monkey. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, this is a big slab of meat, man. It, it was definitely a thigh of something, you know? And, and they would, man. I mean, they, and this is my, bitty... Go ahead. And this is my thing, JR. I like to consider myself a, a fairly open-minded person, especially when it comes to, you know, food. I, I like, um, you know, in, you know, tasting foods from different cultures and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure. open-minded. And, man, let me know what I'm walking into. You know what I'm saying? Just right. don't, don't don't tell me that that I'm I'm eating some damn chicken. I'm eating some some meow meow some, eating some meow meow mix. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> just let me know what I'm walking into. Like before I walk in, because I don't want to be caught off guard. Right. You know what I'm saying? And hey. I've heard and I've heard I've heard rumors about some of these Chinese restaurants catching these cats and these rats and stuff and skinning them and chopping oh, yeah. them on up and and, and and putting them in their food now. I haven't heard a couple yeah. stories about that. So I'm just saying, let's let me know that the damn deep fried cat and rat is on the menu if that's what you serve. Well, you, you you ever notice, just look around the neighborhood. You ever notice there ain't no stray cats near a Chinese restaurant now? Hey, yes. And that's the thing. <laughs> and the, pe- the thing about it, you got, and this is the thing about like people that are in the food industry, and this is like something that, you know, I think about often. Like, do these people really care about how they prepare your food? Like, because nine times out of ten, they're not they're not going to even consume that food from their restaurant. So, like, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think about that sometimes. Like, do you, do you think that, like, these people even care about the quality of food that they're putting out there? No, 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 I don't. That man. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I've seen it firsthand. I believe that some of these people, they're, they're just in it. They, you know, they, they get the cheapest. Okay, here, here's a good example. I used to watch this show called The League, all right? And The League was about this group of friends who played fantasy football, thus the name The League, right? Anyways funny-ass show. 
this one episode, they, they there was uh, uh, a restaurant that they went to when they were in college by the name of Yobagoya, okay? And Yobagoya was famous for having a five-pound tub of meat. But the thing was, they could barely legally call it meat because of the consistency, right? So, yeah, that, that's, they go for the cheapest route possible, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember, what was it, uh, a couple of years back, uh, there was a huge ordeal with Aldi's, uh, like one or two years ago, where they were selling horse meat mm-hmm. as ground beef. Really? Yeah, yeah, look it up. But but see that's the thing all the all these is uh, it, their their origins is in Germany you know the the supermarket chain it's in Germany it's not you know unusual to get that in Europe you know that's yeah they it, it, yeah, what it, we, it, it, yeah what we think is like yeah like odd or like what we feel as something that we just like normal like they they probably consider like consuming horse is probably something that I mean you know what I'm saying like they probably don't think of that yeah. as yeah yeah they, you know they 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 don't look as uh, at a horse like and you know think of Mr. Ed or Silver from the Lone Ranger or anything like that they look at a horse and after you use Use it up, you know. We got meat for a year, you know. And hey, and, and God bless them, you know. In, in some of them countries, food is scarce, you know. If that's what they got to do to survive, yeah. so be it. You know, I, I, I don't know, man. Like in uh, Philippines and uh, Vietnam, it, it's it, right. you know, roaches. They, they they eat roaches, you know. It's <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, but you look at certain cultures too. Cause I was, I was just talking to this guy I work with. Um, he's Indian. We got on, we got on the topic about, you know, like what different cultures consume and stuff like that. And right. um, he was just saying how, like, they can eat any anything in their culture. Only thing they can't eat is cow. They can eat anything else. Right. They can't eat a cow. To them, that's that's just off limits to them. And then you have some cultures, like people in the Jewish culture and stuff like that, or Muslims, they, they don't believe in eating pork. Or they, you right. know, some people don't believe in eating shellfish. So it's just some things right. that we feel like in, in our society that we consume that we don't think twice about. But like other cultures, they look at it as like, nah, that's off limits. So it's, it's I guess it's just subject to um, a person's beliefs or culture or you know, their background or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. I don't know. It's just a relative term, like, you know, so. Yeah, it's, like, yep. it's like I got this I got this friend of mine who teases me to this day. Uh, I, I get disgusted with cucumbers and pickles, okay? Especially pickles. Not so much cucumbers, but pickles just disgust me. The taste, I think it has to deal with the vinegar, you know. I, I, I don't know. It's. I've tried it, never found a pickle I like. So she's always sending me all these uh, recipes for, like, cup pickled-flavored cupcakes and all this and that, right? So right. she's a vegan. So this one day I'm, I'm eating this big, fat, 
ribeye that was medium rare. I mean, blood still coming out of it. And I take a picture and I tagged her on. I said, how does this feel? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been tagged on another pickle thing since. You know, that's just uh, like, oh, that that's like somebody scratching, like, the nails on the top, top board. When you're right, in right. Like, yeah. Man, that is that's funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. I, I'm telling you, it, it's – but, but yeah, it, it's it's something else, man. It, it's sad. Yeah, and this is this is what really should honestly wake people up to a lot of these restaurants, because we're we're putting our trust in these people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a fast food restaurant gets a better health department rating than the buffet place that you're going to go eat at, that should yeah. be the first red light. You know, when, when when McDonald's or Taco Bell has got a cleaner restaurant than the place you're currently at, that's a red light. You know? It's, yeah, yes. Oh, yes. And let me tell you this, like, I'm going to tell you this too, JR, and I, I'm going I'm to get your opinion on this. Now, this is a good yeah. rule of thumb that if you eat at a good, reputable Chinese restaurant or just even just like an Asian restaurant or I'll, – I'll even say – in any, any cultural restaurant, if you don't see them Chinese people sitting down there eating that same damn food that they serving, or if you don't see no Chinese people walk, eating in a Chinese restaurant, that's a red flag to me too. I, I just, I just, I Absolutely. just really believe that. Like, I, cause you, you know, that's how you go to some of those Chinese, them little, uh, like you said, them two ninety nine. $2.99 cent buffets, and you see them Chinese people sitting there taking a break. They eating stuff, yep. but they ain't even eating the stuff that's at the buffet or on the menu. Right now, I it, oh, I don't know. Uh, what, what, yeah, you better it, reconsider and, and your and life and when you go in there. Another red light is gonna make me sound racist. I'm just gonna say that right off the get go. But when <laughs> I'm going to a Chinese restaurant and I see Jose cooking my Chinese food, ah. <laughs> You know, uh, I, 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 I don't and I'm just gonna be real with you. Like I've seen that, and I was like, hmm, okay, okay. Hey, yeah. I guess the Chinese do this. Equal opportunity employers. Okay, come through. <laughs> come through equal opportunity that, employment. That, that's one way to look at it. It does throw you off, though. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's uh, I. Dude, I, I I don't know, man. And, and you know, it's gotten bad. Like I remember one time, I this was like right before I left Indy, and I left Indy in what 2014, 2015. Yeah. Uh, 2014, yeah. So uh, I remember I read this article of the top ten worst restaurants around Indianapolis to eat at. Okay, the top ten. All right. Ruby Tuesdays made three of the top ten. Yeah, like three different locations were in the top ten. You know, 
Oh, God, man. I tell you what's a place I am not big on whatsoever. And like What's everyone that? that I know loves this place, I cannot stand it. Chick Fil A. I, I don't like it either. I, it's just like bland chicken. I just to me, no, nah, right. I can't do that. Like yeah, every Chick Fil A I've gone in it has got this mist, this like film, but like they're, they need, really need to replace their ventilation there. I've gone to eat a Kentucky Fried yeah. Chicken, churches, you name chicken places out the ass, but Chick Fil A is the only one that it just feels like I'm breathing the grease that it's being fried in. You know, like like yeah. all their tables have got this greasy mist on it. You know, I, I can't get past that, man. Yeah, I, I I don't like it. I think it's overhyped. And. and in all honesty, it is also the purest form of irony with them. <laughs> it, it, it's, there's a bit of irony with Chick-fil-A, the fact that they're a sponsor of the NFL, right? They've got uh, Chick-fil-A locations open in multiple NFL stadiums, but they're not opened on Sundays, which is the primary day for NFL games. Right. <laughs> oh man, I know what I was going to ask you about uh uh JR. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Did you hear about the CEO of um uh Papa John's blaming his oh, yeah. decline in sales over to the, the to NFL the, yeah. protest? Yep. Now mind I you no other pizza did. chain that came out and said that. That pizza is shit. It's garbage, man. Papa John's is disgusting, man. And I'm not just saying that uh, because Papa, of that. John's, Papa John's pizza Papa, is nasty. The reason you haven't heard that about any other pizza chain is because Papa John's is the official NFL pizza. Like, like they, they've got the rights to the NFL games as far as sponsorships go. But yeah. you know, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with you 100% on that. Yes, I did hear about that. I, I you know, I, I think okay, I think two things with that again, and that goes back to my very beginning statement: follow the money. The CEO of Papa John's is a very, very wealthy man. You know, he has proved yeah. that the American dream is still alive. You know. Um, the dude started his own pizza chain at 22 years old out of Louisville, Kentucky to turn it into what it is now. Okay. So with all that said, um, he is also a, oh, how do I say this? Um, like he, I'm not going to say he's full blown right wing. But a lot of his friends are. So, like, yeah, you like, take, for example, yeah, he's, the owner. He's a huge down, I heard he's a huge Donald Trump supporter. Uh, so, that gets right. into the narrative where he's he, he, here. So, we know which so, way that so goes. Like, but to me. Uh-huh. So, so like, keep in mind, he's got a, a, you know, NFL stadiums sell his pizza as well. So, you know, when you got his name, like, say, in uh, Dallas Dallas Stadium, where Dallas Cowboys play, which is the largest 
sporting event stadium in the world right now. You know, and Jerry Jones is a very close friend of his. And Jerry Jones, who's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, is very much against the protest, which we're going to go back to this in just a second. If Jerry Jones is putting money into Papa John's, you know, and Papa John's is paying to have their place there, you know, and have their name there. And Jerry Jones said, tells them, hey, look, if you don't say this without making it look like I told you said, but if you don't say this, I'm going to make sure your name gets taken out of here, out of the Houston Stadium, out of the Washington, D.C. Stadium, because them are all friends of his, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is how much you're going to lose. Make it look like it's you wrote this and it's business. And, and, you, know, and again, you think he actually told him to do that? Like, he... he... You think he, he hey, would, would not, like, try to sabotage, yeah, sabotage yeah, his friend's yeah, I, business I, like that? Absolutely. I, I These are billionaires that are used to getting their way. You know, and when they don't get their way, they're like a child throwing a tantrum. Yeah, I just, I, I just like, to me, I just, and, and it kind of makes sense, I just, just don't believe someone, like you said, that was that business savvy would just, would just willingly self-sabotage their business like that. Like, I just, it has to be, I, I just will hope that he's not that dumb to just do that on his own. Like, it has, it probably is a backstory to that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, 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 I absolutely believe it is. Because take a look at this right now. And this is a, a very recent sports story, right? Uh, Jerry Jones, again, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, literally is filing suit against the NFL uh, in order to get their commissioner uh, not to get an extension contract, okay? The reason why, and up till like three weeks ago, they were on the same side, but at the last meeting between the NFL players and the owners, the commissioner took side with the players. You know, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, these things are happening. We need to address them. You guys, the owners, as billionaires, now keep in mind the commissioner works for the owners. He doesn't work for the players, right? The guys that sign his right. checks are the owners. So he's like, you guys have the money. You guys have got the political pull. You need to be looking into these things, you know? Jerry Jones didn't like that. Now Jerry Jones is trying to boycott his uh, reinstatement, you know, sabotage it, you know, also because his uh, number one uh, running back, you know, is suspended for half the season. So, you know, he doesn't like that because it's going to interfere with his money. Okay. Right. These are people that are used to people saying, yes, sir, whatever, whatever you want. You know, look, five years ago, there was a picture of Jerry Jones walking around his office in his boxers that circled around. You know what Jerry Jones said? Yeah, so what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I got left at. All right, so what? You know, just, what, where right, do we go from you here? Got, you got yeah. Right. You said yeah. you your root. Yeah. That's the dream of so, that's, that's that's the beauty of your own boss, yeah. 
Right. So, you know, yeah, I absolutely believe that there's more to it than that, you know, for the simple fact that I've seen it firsthand. Now, the other story I want to say with the NFL, uh, Martha Ford, who the, the descendant of the Ford family, um, they own the Detroit Lions. You know, she is the first owner to uh, step up and say, all right, guys, tell, tell, telling her players, all right, guys, you know, we can't have y'all kneeling down anymore. Tell me what needs to get done. Tell me where I need to put money into and what I need to do, and I'll do it. But we can't have y'all kneeling down. So they called her out on it. And I said, all right, we can start by here, here, here. She made huge donations to uh, the Detroit uh, public school systems and all that, you know, trying to, uh, you know, to help rebuild the education in the inner city of Detroit, which it's no secret that it's horrible, you know. And, yeah, as of last week, the players have stopped kneeling. Her players, but you know, I think a lot of people don't realize about the the entire process. It's a systematic thing. It's it's nothing that you just right. can't write a couple of checks and then just think right. that the problem solved. You, you see what I'm saying? No, I, and so many everybody's trying to change the narrative. They're trying to change the narrative of the protest. It's not about disrespecting the country. It's not about that. And, and see, that's people. We have to keep the narrative on point. We have to make sure that people don't right. Leave. Side of that, and, and, you know what I'm saying. And, and, and but, even but within the NFC, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. go ahead. Yo, hold on. What I was saying is, you know, she's the first of all these billionaires to take initiative and start it. You know, and right. she she's well aware. You know, the Ford family has got more money than God. You know. She she's well aware that it's going to take a long time and it's going to be a work in process. But she, by doing this, is also challenging her players to be active in the very causes they're trying to champion on. You know, yeah. so she's basically saying, "I will fund it and I will do whatever needs to get done." But you guys have got to stick with it. Don't stop it now that I'm writing the check. All all that she's asking right. is, don't kneel, you know? Yeah. I, I just don't know how I feel about that. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know. I, I don't feel right about that. It's like well, you're trying to bribe hey. somebody to go against what they believe. Like, you know, because you're writing them out a check, you're using your money to bribe. People. Well, like, no, it goes it, it, it's not it. just the money, though. It's... It, and she's also using her political influence around the inner city, you know, which, you know, inner, the inner city schools in Detroit are horrible, as they are in most metropolitan areas, you know, mm-hmm. and like New York City, Chicago, you know. They're, they're horrible, you know, and it's a business for all these politicians. You know, they could care less whether minorities get educated, 
all they care about is funding for their projects. But if here's mm-hmm. some, a prominent person who has got their ear saying, hey, I demand that so much money gets put into this. Let's build this in, in, these schools. Let's build these neighborhoods. Let's get a rolling to that way better it. But there was a time when Detroit was known as the Paris of the United States. You know? Oh, yeah. Why couldn't it be that? You know? Why couldn't it be that? But, you know, as of right now, it ain't. It's known for its violence. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's just a. It's it's a it's a. This is a topic that can go so many different directions. You know right. what I'm saying? Like. Right. Right. There was you something know, else it, I was going to ask you about. Yeah, I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. something else real quick before I get off. But I, I forgot. So we'll we'll just you know continue you know on the next show. But yeah, man, I, like. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I know it's the last minute thing. I said I got to, I got to do a show for the people. People have been asking me when I'm gonna do another broadcast, and mm-hmm. I've been saying, I've been telling you guys. I said I'm gonna do it next week. I'm gonna do it this week. Yeah, just I said, let me just go ahead and just do it. Like that's you know. But yeah, I think it was a really good show. I really had a good. This was a really good show tonight. I. Dude, I, I, we were rolling, man, and I missed about a third of it because uh, my, my wife had an accident today at work, and she she oh, wow. had just gotten out of the ER whenever whenever we're in the middle of it. She was calling me up to update mm. So, you know, that, that's why I went silent for so long, you know. Mm. But, uh, yeah, dude, it... it it, it uh, it, we 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 were we were rolling all cylinders, man. <laughs> yeah, and then then got some new callers too. Like them two callers, I I don't I don't even know who they were. Like so, I guess they must have seen seen the show topic on online, and um, I guess they just decided to call in. So I guess that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start um, put posting the, the entire. Episode on I'm gonna post it on Facebook like I'm just gonna uh, take the audio and put it online and then um, I already have an account with Stitcher and um, iTunes and it's it's on a couple other um, sites now so now the the podcast is being broadcast over several media outlets so yeah a lot more people can find it now so. Yeah, it's, it's gaining momentum, so I'm just going to start. I'm just going to keep uh, branding it and stuff like that because I think a lot of these topics that we're talking about are really, I mean, people need to, I think a lot of these, I mean, a lot of people need to hear this message we're talk, talking about. So, yeah, I'm just, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, and, you know, one thing, it, and, you know, one, one thing that always gets, uh, that I, I see in a lot of these debates, man, and it's the thing that irritates me the most, is they take a macro argument and use PowerPoints to support their argument when it's a much more broader spectrum, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. you got to break out the whole picture. So on one topic, it could easily take 10 episodes to cover everything, you know, but yeah. the thing with, 
the thing with facts is facts are undisputable. You know, that's why it's a fact. It's not a theory. You know, I, but you know, I sometimes when people can take facts, but sometimes people take facts and manipulate them too. So we got to be careful of that because something can be factual, Absolutely. but you can you can turn a fact and flip it into something that is not. You know what I'm saying? They can distort a fact. And, and then yeah. the thing about a fact too, you you have to you have to see what the uh what the story is behind the fact, why something is right. the way it is. So you know you 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 have to look at that too, because a lot of people can bring facts to you, but if you don't know the the um, predisposition of the fact or why something is the way it is or what led to that fact becoming that fact, then you know that. You know, I don't know. You, it, it's 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 more complex than that. And sure, I, you sure. Know, and sometimes things are just theories too. But yeah, you just have to be careful with that because that's a lot of people. When people do that on Fox News. They take oh certain numbers, and and they're manipulative behind their their reasoning behind using that fact. You know what I'm saying? Instead of using it, yeah, and, and, and uh, using it, you know what I'm saying? So. I don't know, man. I, I've, I've, just, I've honestly found, it, the older I've gotten, I've honestly found that, you know, it, like Fox News always sides with the right. You know, uh, CNN has gotten more in the middle than they usually were. You know, mm-hmm. CBS is horrible about being on the left. You know, uh, but, the, you know, I, I usually look at all three outlets, what they're reporting, and I found, like, the one that usually sticks to the middle, believe it or not, is BBC, you know, when they're reporting. Yeah, BBC, you know? yeah. Yeah. That, and I guess they would that, stick to BBC would because, they're, you know, they're not American-based, you know what I'm saying? They're right. reporting, uh, reporting, they're on the outside looking in, so they're going to be more neutral by nature, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, and, and, you know, when I was younger, you know, you, you couldn't have paid me to watch BBC, you know. But, it, you know, now, now, you know, older, wiser, to a certain degree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, but see, I'll say I, this, I did. It's, it's really good to watch all, like, to me, it's really good for all people to gauge uh, or look at all sides. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you should sure. know what the the alternate side is is talking about. It's good Absolutely. to get a, a perspective from each end, so you know how know where you where you fall at, and you know how to defend your position. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, I, and that's something that I've been trying to challenge myself to do in you know recent years is just try to look at stuff from all sides, so you'll have a more well-rounded um, point, you know, reference to things. You know what I'm saying? So, yep, yeah, yeah. They, they. Uh, Even though you may not agree with it, and you know it's fo- total foolishness. Like it's, it's good to just know what what all sides have to think about the issue at hand. You know, Ab- absolutely. You know, it, it, it's you know, I, and and with with all these stories that I see out and about, you know. I also take my own experience and world experience, you know, worldly experience from the places I've seen, you know, and Mm -hmm. the things that I've seen and experienced firsthand. And, 
you know, it, it, it's that, like it, take for take for example the hurricane in Puerto Rico. Depending on which mm-hmm. news outlet you you was watching, it was either you know a total chaos or it was you know we're there and we're doing this and this and that and it's their government keeping us down. When in reality it was all the above, you know it truly was all the above. But it, whenever you had, whenever you've got a political bias, you ain't gonna report the portion of it that's gonna go against the point you're trying to bring out, you know. And right. it that's the thing I find disgusting with the news anymore is that it, you know that there's. It, you don't. There, there's no ratings in. Uh, today in the news, everything's great. You know, <laughs> there's no ratings in that whatsoever. Nobody wants to hear that. Right. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. It, <laughs> you know, they, they, we did it. You and I did a show well last year sometime, and it was about the political bias in the news. Um, uh, of it, it was some girl had gone, been kidnapped, been missing, and they had this long search for her. And it was a well, white girl, blonde hair, blue eye girl. And we were talking about yeah, how minorities don't yeah. get that attention, you know. And that's true. And we mentioned names upon names upon names of ch- you know minority children that have gone missing just in that week alone not a single person had heard about it on any local newscast you know i i one thing i was gonna bring up today and i didn't get the chance because my wife called was um uh you, you hear that story about uh it was about three weeks ago that a guy that was murdered on the east side um, and they were looking for his killers. His son found him. He was a 63-year-old guy. I worked with that guy, UPS. He he was a great, great really? guy, man. He really was. Yeah. His name was Dallas. The guy Cole. that got killed? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, it, it, you know, last week an article came out, and I was shocked that Fox 59 is the one that released it that they they had two suspects in custody that were still driving his car that they were looking for, you know, and that's how they didn't, caught I was him. Gonna, was, didn't you post a story up about – I yep. think you posted something on your page about that. Yeah, I, I glanced yep, at it. I didn't have I a did. chance to really read it in detail, but I remember you posting something about something like that. Yeah, that, yeah Dallas that's is crazy. a very that's good friend of mine, man. Very good friend of mine. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, he was he mm. was a great great guy, man. Uh, I, you know, and uh, always in a great mood. You know, I I knew him, you know, outside of work as well. Uh, just a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it, it's it, it hurt, man, when I heard about that. I couldn't even believe it. And. Um, yeah, it, it's you know I, I I'm a firm believer in innocent until proven guilty. But if these are the guys that did that to yeah. him, man, I it, you know I I have no pity to what comes to him. You know, and that's uh, my thing. You know, and, and, I, and when it when it hits home to you, that's when it real like when it 
hit you personally, like with somebody that you know first, you have a different perspective on things. You, you see what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, you know, people. it's so easy for people to judge and be on the outside looking in, talking about, well, you know, we should do X, Y, and Z, or you, you shouldn't feel X, Y, and Z, or whatever. You shouldn't feel a certain right. way about something. But until it hits you personally or somebody that you that you love, you, you you can't really, you know what I'm saying, judge nobody's feelings on stuff like that. You know, you can't. Right, right, right. You know, it, I don't know. You know, it, and, you know, that, that was one of the points I was on the verge of bringing out was, you know, when we were, because that was right around the time the wife called, was we were discussing yeah. about how all these athletes and celebrities and all that are made to be role models and this and that. I grew up in a different era when, yeah, you could look up to an athlete or an actor or what so, but my role model in life was my father. You know? Right. It, yeah, my dad, it, you know, that's who I looked up to. You know, and, and I was going to mention, reason, yeah, I was going to make a point about that too, yeah, because this is my thing, like you know, and, and I agree with you 100 percent on that, like, but we living in a time now where these kids don't have role models, they don't, they don't have a father in right. the home, and if they do have a mother, a father in the home, they fucked up, they out there trying to get their own stuff, they out there tricking their kids, they out there hoeing around doing drugs like this, so they don't have any role models at home, so they looking right, for. Right looking to these people on TV to be their role models or this and the other, and it shouldn't be like that. But I don't think, and to nah. me, this is my thing, I don't think any famous person is obligated to be a role model, period, because absolutely, that's that's not their job. They're there to entertain. They're not there to be your role model. Now, if you happen to, um, you know, um, admire something about them, that's one thing, but just to say that we put these people on these pedestals and stuff like that, I think that's bull. I think that's a bunch of bull crap. Like, I think that we should not be putting these celebrities on pedestals. I don't think so. I don't think it's their obligation to do anything. These people are humans just like the next person. And my thing is, uh, if, if a child's looking for a per- perfect example or a good example, that, sh- that should start in the home. Right. You you see what I'm saying? Right. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I, that should I'm start at home. You. You know, these kids ain't got nobody to look up to. They don't have anybody to look up to. They don't have they don't have anybody to turn to. It, it, you, you know, know a lot I, of these kids are coming. Mm. I, I I told I you know my story, man. I, you know my my dad was my stepfather, man. He yeah. you know you sit there. I remember at his funeral, man. Listening to my sisters all talk, you know, and they, they were, you know, they weren't bashing on him, but they were saying how he was around them and how life was so much different after I came around and this and that, and how I wasn't treated the same. And I said, "Look, y'all, y'all don't get it." I said, "I'm not saying hey, he might have screwed up. He might have been a real messed up person. All this and that." But the person I saw is the person that I know he did not have to be, you know? He didn't have to do any of the stuff he did for me. But yet he still did, and he still loved me as his own son, and he still always treated me like his own son, 
you know, and I will always cherish that. I, I it's why I've treat, treated my stepkids as my own. You know, uh, right. You know, they, they, they. You, you go ask my stepkids who their dad is. They'll tell you it's me. You know, but yeah, man, it, it's. It, it's it, it's one of them things. They, 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 people somewhere in these generations, including mine, mine's definitely at fault for it. Uh, people have stopped taking accountability for their own actions, and you know, misplaced. Well, it wasn't my fault. This happened to me in life, or you know, my dad wasn't there for me, or my mom didn't hug me enough, or you know, stop it. You know, they just be you, find your inner happiness, work hard, make, you know, earn what you got, you know. Don't try to come up with the easy way to get what you got. Earn what you got, you Mm -hmm. know. Take pride in earn. My dad taught me a lesson early in my life that when he put me to work very early, he put me to work at 10 years old, and he told me, he goes, you're going to be working hard, but everything you buy with your money because you earned it, you're going to appreciate it more. You're going to treat it better than you would something I'd buy you. And it's yeah. true. It's true to this day. That's very you true. Know? Yes. Because you're going to think of all them hours you put in to get that one, you know, kids now. Oh, I want the new pair of Jordans before they come out. All right. Work for it, and also it makes you know, me mad. Putting... Some of these, some of these parents enable, some of these parents enable these kids to be spoiled. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? They buy these Jordans every, every, every couple weeks when they come out. IPhone. They get them this, that, and the other. Oh, my, my kids, my kids can't wear nothing but the latest brands and this, that, and the other. I said, you know what? Right. You're creating a monster. Right. My my sister, my 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 youngest niece turns 15 next year. And for her birthday party, I said, sweetie, what do you want for your birthday? And she goes, a new iPhone. I said, honey, I don't even love my kids that much. (laughs) 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 You better bring that price down. (laughs) You need to cut it. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, yeah, man, it's. It, I I know once I started, I, dude, I used to, I, I paid damn good money for the clothes I had. But, like, once once I had to start adulting, you know, and pay my own bills and this and that, all of a sudden, the new pair of Jordans didn't seem like so much of a necessity because they were 250 bucks at that time. And my check was two eighty oh, for an entire a week's bill, work. A, a, a gas bill, and anything hey. else. Oh, bro, that 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 my my check at that time was for two hundred and eighty bucks, and I'll be damned if I'm going to spend two fifty of it plus tax on a pair of new Jordans. You know, it's, so it, it, either I got to adjust my income and find a better paying job, or do without the Jordans. You know, so, I'm a, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you this. I, let me ask you this, JR. Like, I, yeah. Cause I used to be, I'm going to tell you, like, now that I'm in my 30s, like, I, 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 of course, I'm always care what I look like. You know what I'm saying? 
but uh-huh. I'm not as big of a label whore now I'm in my 30s versus when I was in my 20s. Like, you, you stop caring about stuff like that when you get to a certain point in your life. Like, you 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 think you think about these say so you trying to impress all these people for what? You pressing people that ain't gonna pay your bills, help you out if you if you fall. Right. You sitting up here trying to hold trying to uh trying to pull out this appearance that you got it all and this, that and the other, for what? Like who are you trying Right. And a lot of people do that, like but y'all don't even have money to pay for groceries in your refrigerator or gas to get back and forth to work, but you somehow have all the latest trends and like you have a Gucci bag, you have this this right. um, Gucci bags, you have like you said the Jordans, you have the you know what I'm saying? These these fine expensive yep. watches watches and everything else, honey. You you got them uh uh two two three hundred dollar pair of jeans. Hey I can buy a whole fucking wardrobe with that. But my thing is now right. shoot, I'll tell you people straight up now, I'm at a point in my life now I look for deals. I can mix and match stuff up together. Hell, I'll even go to a nice ass Goodwill and find some nice stuff. You can find name brand stuff at Goodwill if you go to a nice Absolutely. one with the tags on it. Still, you just got to know how yep. to play the game and stop around society. And and, uh, and and you feel like the need of keeping up with Jones Joneses to impact your life, like because if you do, it, right. it will it will drive you to bankruptcy. It will. Oh, I know. Keeping I up know. people, I, I, dude. I had. When I was in my 30s was probably when I was at my worst, okay? Uh, I had, because, I know, I didn't necessarily go, like, uh, like if I wanted real nice clothes, I'd, like, go to, like, a TJ Maxx and find some Calvin Klein shirts and stuff there that were my size. Yeah. But, you know, I, I could buy a whole outfit for, you know, a little over 100 bucks there. But, right. you know... When I was working at UPS, I was bringing home anywhere between nine hundred to eleven, twelve hundred dollars in a week's time, and I couldn't keep up mm-hmm. with my bills because I was I was constantly, you know, buying it. I got to buy this. I got to buy that. I got to buy this. And it, now I look at it, and it's like I said, I just recently found that inner peace within me. You know, I had to totally mm-hmm. readjust my life to find it. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at all these things I got, and I'm like, holy cow, how much money did I waste? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm looking, you know, at the thousands, at the tens of thousands of dollars in alcohol that I've drank. Uh, you know, the the money wasted getting new cars. And, you know, now I drive in a and Malibu. All these I love that yeah. little Malibu. Right. You know, I... I Oh, I, I've got shirts, I, like I got Air Apostle shirts and all that that I don't even wear, you know. And hey, I'm like, I'm looking at them. I'm like, well, I, I can't just give them away, you know. I mean, I could, but you know, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I like, dude, I went out, I dropped a bunch of weight. Oh God, about eight months ago. And I got back uh-huh. in like the 190s. And so I went from mm-hmm. a size 36 to a size 33. And I went out and I bought me all these size 33 jeans. And uh, I um, I bought two pairs of mm-hmm. Lee's, like four pairs of Nautica, and like four pairs of Levi's, uh, Levi's right? 
the Lees already ripped up. Yeah, and they were the most expensive ones I bought, you know? And they yeah. were already ripped up. I still have a pair, I kid you not, I still have a pair of Tommy Hilfiger jeans that I bought at TJ Maxx back in 2005. And they are still not even ripped, you know? And I'm I'm still sporting them things. You know, they're my work jeans, and they still haven't ripped. And these, these pair of jeans, not even a year old, they they're already all ripped up and stuff. You know, so yeah, I I, I just I'm at that point in my life where I'm just like, yeah, you know what? An old pair of tennis shoes, some jeans, and a t-shirt. Let's go. Now, if if we're going to a right. nice place, of course I'm gonna dress up. But you, 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 other yeah, than that, you gotta you gotta step it up. It's, it's, and it's nothing wrong with purging on yourself every now and then, and having something nice that you right. can pull out the closet. Right. Like, I went to my class reunion, and, you know, I was wearing uh, my Calvin Klein shirt and and just a nice pair of jeans, nothing major, you know, an old, old pair of Timberlands. If anyone would have noticed, they they probably would have laughed, like the leather starting to fray on it. and and uh, I th- I think it I, it was an expression. You remember that one time you and I went to uh, the the Circle Square Mall, uh, the the Circle City Mall, and we stopped by yeah, Express, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we found all them shirts for like five bucks and all that. It was one of yeah. them shirts, man. I was wearing underneath the Calvin Klein shirts. You know, but I I was looking pretty good. You know, I was like, all right, you know, I still got it. You know, and then the picture. And, and unless taken, you're I'm really like, into fashion and somebody that knows prices and stuff like that, you ain't gonna know how much you might spend on something. Like, right. unless you really into fashion, which I mean, whatever. But I think as long as you look presentable, you look good. I mean, it fits you, right. fits you good, and you clean. Like and presentable, I think that's just the that's 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 all I care about. Yeah, they they pe- people just go nuts with it, and that that's where the process of evolution is factual. Because the older I've gotten, and you'll you'll go through this too. The older I've gotten, your taste in everything will change. Like your taste in music, yes. your taste in what you watch on TV, your taste in alcohol, your taste in clothing, you know, all that constantly changes, you know. And, yeah, I, even now, if you notice, I try to watch what I say. I don't cuss as much as I used to when I was younger, you know. Now, yeah. now I'm, I, you know, I try, I, I, I used to, uh, uh, replacement customers like gosh darn it and stuff like that you know um, mm-hmm. you know when I'm talking to somebody it's always like yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am you know um, <laughs> but you know it, it's it, it's weird I've it, that everything that my parents and grandparents told me was going to happen is actually happening when they told me, yeah. though, I was like, ah, y'all don't know. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't, you don't know me. You don't know yeah. my life. Oh, yeah. What What did I know? <laughs> Turns out I was the fool. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, it, you know it, it's amazing. You know. Uh-huh. 
you, I was gonna tell you, Jay. You know, I'm thinking like this, like so. I guess like after the like after like the the last hour of the show, they give you uh-huh. an extra additional hour, like where it records, uh-huh. but it's not on air. And right. I'm thinking I can probably chop part of this up. Our conversation. We were talking about life in general. I could probably make this a three XR episode. Absolutely, man. This Go last part of it. Yeah, go with it. Yeah, because I'm talking about a lot, a lot of this stuff we're talking about is life lessons and stuff like that. But yeah. It, 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 I, yeah. Oh, you want to hear something funny? Me mm-hmm. and Jen discovered Snapchat a week ago. I did too. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm in my, I'm like in the generation now where I. Outside of Facebook, maybe Instagram, I don't, I don't know about all these other social media sites, but I just started using it too. Yeah, we 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 started yeah, we started doing that 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 troll face, you know, with the big mouth and all that. And like the <laughs> first time it showed me, man, I'm sitting there trying not to laugh because it showed my mouth so big, like the edges of my mouth were going off the screen. So I have like this look, like I'm angry. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and I, my first one, I'm like, I'm sitting here waiting at Taco Bell for my order. It's taking so long that you think they actually went across the border to get it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. Oh, man, we've been, we've been getting silly with that stuff. <laughs> Jen sends me stuff all the time. And she she sends me like these pictures that'll haunt me for the rest of my life, because like she she'll put the camera really close to her so like her eyes literally look like they're on top of her mouth, and yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh my god, why would you do that? <laughs> that is but crazy. yeah, yeah, man, they they, they you know it, it's. It's it's weird, man. You know, it's like I told you a long time ago. When I was younger, I was that ultra right-wing guy. And then at some point, I became the ultra left-wing guy. And now I'm in the middle looking at everything. And I'm like, man, you're both screwed up. You know? It's, yeah. So, it, it, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's human evolution. It's what it is. You know, we, we, we're... As long as we're alive, we're constantly evolving to be better people. You know, it. And I was and just it, thinking that too. Don't. Yeah. Some people don't. Like I bumped into a girl that I was in school with. We were next door neighbors, and her family was so cool. And I had just found out like five months earlier that her aunt had passed away like four years ago, and her aunt was my next door neighbor. And she told me how she passed away. I never knew. And uh, mm-hmm. her her cousin, her aunt's son, like, he had all the promise in the world and became this career criminal, you know? <laughs> and, like, it, I told her, I said, look, you know, you, you, we were all tight as kids. I don't know if we'd still be or what so. I said, give him my number. And if he needs help, I'll help him. I'll try to get him back on the right road, you know. Because we, we all grew grew up in what was considered the slums of the town that we lived in, 
you know. And for yeah. the most part, the majority of us did fairly well, you know. But there were some that lived up to the stereotype of growing up in that area. And I told her, I said, if, if he if he wants help, I'll help him. But he's got to want to get change his life. He can't go on doing the same stuff he's been doing. You know, so I've, I've been there. I've been in his shoes, you know. I know you can get past it, but you got to want to make the changes. you got to deal with the BES in order to make the changes, you know. And yeah. It, it saddens me, man. It, it really does because he, he did. He had all the promise in the world, but, you know, wrong place, wrong time, and leads to a lifetime of mistakes. That's true. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, brother, I, I have got to be up in like six hours and go back to work. So okay, I'm going to go ahead and get off here. You. I, I was waiting whenever you was wanting to get off. I, I sent you. I've been pretty much done with the show. But, yeah, I almost forgot that we were on for a minute. I forgot we were actually on still recording. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like uh, about yeah, man. Law Talk Radio. You you technically get like a you get three hours. You get two on air and then you get like one like one uh-huh. extra hour where you can still record. Like you just can't take phone right. calls and it, it, it and it's not live until like the actual um podcast streams. Like cause I guess like after you hang up it got it has to process and then the, it'll it'll be available for the public. So yeah. Right. Yeah, that's why sometimes I'd be like forgetting after the show, we all would be still online talking, like on the phone. And I'm like, oh shoot, this is still recording. So yeah. <laughs> well, so, live yeah. Mike, live Mike. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, okay, man. I'll let hey, you get hey, up off dude, here. I dude, thank we, you as always for coming on. Hey, time, man. We we were we. This is one of the better shows that we had, man. I'm. I'm kind of mad that I missed half of it. You know, well, it was like a third of it, but yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a good hey. show. Like, we had, like, different points of view and then just different people from, like, different uh, cities called. Like, that guy from Atlanta called, and then I forgot right. the, the other guy. I forgot his from area called, but yeah, they were from different cities. So, yeah, the show's reaching out there, obviously, across the country. So, yeah. Good. Good. Get get some steam rolling with it. Yeah, pretty soon I want to start trying to find some sponsors and stuff like that once we start really picking up and stuff. And now that we're on, like, um, Stitcher and, like, TuneIn and Google Play, uh-huh. and then we're on um, uh, on iTunes, too. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep promoting it and just, you know, yeah. And that guy, Matt, like, he's, he's real cool. I know him from uh, – he works at the Monkey's Tail. The uh, karaoke okay. bar in Broad Ripple. Yeah, All so right. he's real cool. So he he might start joining us on a regular basis now. Stuff. So Kane said he couldn't come this weekend. Steve said um, she had to go to the hospital do something with her dad tonight, whatever. So right, um, yeah. But yeah, like I'm glad it worked out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it did. But okay, it, I'll it, let it you was, get off here so you can get some rest. All right, brother. We'll talk to yeah. you soon. All right, then. All right, bye bye. All right. All right, bye bye.